0: You spend time with your family? Because a man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man.
1: Well, don't look at me like I'm frickin'
2: Frankenstein. Give your father a hug.
0: You ain't gonna believe this, but you used to fit right here. Ah! I'd hold you up to say to your mother, this kid's gonna be the best kid in the world.
2: Dad! 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 Oh my god, listen
1: to that sweet,
2: sweet sound. (laughs) We're back! Woohoo! It's been
1: three months that we've been away.
2: Holy shit.
1: So much has changed, and yet, so much is the same.
2: So much is the same. But, uh, yeah. Hi, friend! Oh my god.
1: (laughs) It's great to be doing the podcast again. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially with today's episode because we've been thinking about it for like about a year for ever uh, since my wife got uh, pregnant like and I was like
2: nine months yeah yeah
1: <laughs> well nine months plus my son is now three months old so true. a year basically
2: true so yeah uh, yeah for those way late on the uptake or forgot <laughs> for some dumb reason mm-hmm. Mr. Lawler is a dad now
1: <laughs> yeah I I have these sweet Cigars that have a glare on them that yes. I will pass out to you if you catch me on the street. I get uh, to be yep. a dad now.
2: That's true. He is. Uh, <laughs> he Jake did send me a, a cigar. Uh, I definitely smoked that mm-hmm. a while back. I think. <laughs> I, I think I smoked that when you let me know that uh, the he little was born. dude arrived.
1: Yeah, that's the way positive. you should do it.
2: I got home from work, lit that puppy up. <laughs>
1: nice yeah that's the way to go it's a it's a big big dad move big dad energy yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh so before we get into today's very obvious topic uh mm-hmm. oh, come on um hey how does it feel to be a dad man welcome it to the feels club. like
1: very different than I thought it would honestly uh I don't know that anything prepared me for that feeling Like, I've never loved anybody so instantly and so much. And uh, it's a very unique experience that I encourage other people to get into because it was awesome. And it still is awesome. Every single day is different. And it's already going too fast. And I'm, like, very conscious of enjoying it while it lasts because it's going to be so short.
2: Uh, Yeah. I fucking love parenthood. I love being a dad. Folks, we should probably give you fair... Warning, uh, this episode will be loaded with a ton of sappy shit.
1: Yeah, um, I'm going to try not to cry. Um It's also probably going to be our most toxically masculine episode ever. I mean, I've got beer, I've got a mustache, I've got a cigar, I've got everything you could ever want. It's true. Um,
2: I don't have all that. I've got I've got my beer, uh, but I am surrounded by stuff that reminds me of my daughter, mm-hmm. so... I have a lot of sentimental shit all over and yeah, this will be an interesting <laughs> one folks, <laughs> yeah. we got some fun surprises coming up, Yeah, Honestly, we're not going to tell you quite yet, but we got a few it's things coming up. It's
1: an extra special episode for sure, full of yes. dadness, ness uh, dad celebrations uh, but yeah. before we get too far away from it you know what we do <laughs> what beer are you drinking today <laughs> as you've been so
2: guys, it's been a while since I have gone to the liquor store to pick up beer because yeah. I just don't drink a lot unless we're like mm. on the show that sounds bad I don't even drink a lot of <laughs> I have my beer with the show
1: <sighs> good save
2: wow it's been a minute it's almost like I forgot how to do this uh' it's so like riding I a bicycle went to the store today and was like it's got to be super easy to find a mm. beer that has some kind of dad theme to it I mean I have had a couple i'm pretty sure on the show yeah couldn't find them couldn't find anything dad related and then i was like oh wait i've got a beer i was like i'm pretty sure i've got like some kind of like big jake beer or something mm-hmm. i was like oh i'll just drink that and toast Hey, because he's a dad now that'd be awesome oh, there I you don't go have a beer by any kind <laughs> of name of jake at all uh so today's beer unfortunately for me is not on topic but I've been craving amber ales and I really like St. Arnold's. So I'm drinking their uh, mm. original amber ale. Okay. It's, I like ambers. It's it's good stuff,
1: man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I let you down right there. Sorry. I Yeah, I was a little disappointed, but it's fine. I was going to go with the obvious, uh, not your father's root beer. That's like pretty uh, obvious, but it's, it's a little too sweet for me. I'm old and grizzled and, and uh, bitter now. So I went with, my forefathers guy that
2: drink sour beers,
1: <laughs> I like them juicy. Uh, I went with our forefathers Norse ale from Max Lime Brewing in Fort Collins, Colorado, and
2: uh, it's pretty good. You went with our forefathers and then uh-huh. went with the Norse, <laughs> my
1: forefathers. I don't know about you, but
2: all right, fair enough. Fair enough. I like it, sir. Is it good?
1: (laughs) It is very good, yes. I think it's Uh. new. I've never seen it before. It's a Pilsner-inspired Kviek Ale. K-V-E-I-K. Kviek Ale. Pilsner-inspired. It's good. There you go. Okay. So we have a lot of things to get through. First of all...
2: Bear with us, folks. This is a -A 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 -A
1: -A -A lot. First of all, some announcements, housekeeping stuff. We are back, obviously. We're going to a new schedule, though. We're doing every two weeks instead of every one week. Hopefully, that will give us more time to prep for episodes, more time to polish them, increase production value for you, the viewer, to enjoy. And uh, also, I have Uh, a baby, so so (laughs) I'm doing diaper stuff. I was going to say,
2: let's be real. Let's be uh, very real and honest. All that is, like, potential. Potential. The real reason is uh, taking care of a newborn. Yeah. Is more than a full-time job. So Jake needs a little extra.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can't be watching, you know, 50 movies a week like I used to. I'm 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 too old for that shit. So new schedule, number one. Um, number two, new merch is coming. We do still have the merch store. You can access it on the website, on the link to bio, all that good stuff. It'll be up for another four weeks from the time this drops. Um, but there are new things coming, and we're very excited about them. So get them in the next yeah. four weeks; otherwise, they will be gone forever, never coming back. So
2: get your shit because it's cool. I think it's cool. Uh, I wear my movie boners t-shirt, but it's over there in the washing machine <laughs> and can't wear it.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, and then. I've been trying to stay up on the movie draft, if you recall. I think you've been doing a
2: killer job on that, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I kind of ignored it for a couple of weeks there, primarily Mm -hmm. because I wasn't gaining anything. That (laughs) was kind of discouraging because you have a certain movie Mm -hmm. that I was like. It'll be big the first week or two, and then it's gonna peter out. because yeah. no one needs this. You didn't this think movie, it would be bigger it than possibly be
1: bigger than any movie ever. It's, it's it passed Titanic. And, and, and
2: it it it's uh it's huge, and it's still raking in all the money. Yeah, and um, uh, it has no business being <laughs> as good as it is, and that kind of pissed me off. <laughs> but uh, it's. Hey,
1: it's, we're of course talking about Top Gun Maverick. It is sincerely, everybody I talk to freaking loves it. They say it's the best movie that it's they've seen in, in it's years. It's so
2: frustrating that it is
1: good. Yeah, way better than the original. I don't know what they did, uh, but it is it is great. And uh, I'm glad that it, yeah. we waited for it because it was delayed for freaking ever, but I'm glad it was worth the wait. And it yes, was worth it. It, it is
2: genuinely was worth it.
1: At an eight point six, still holding strong. It's the best movie of the year so far. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Batman was the second best movie yeah. of the year. Unfortunately, me having both of those does not save me because I'm still losing in the rating. Um, I've been <laughs> I've been losing for a while, so I put these charts together based on our previous uh, previous uh, weekly check ins.
2: Yeah, the your rating, you might be a little behind in that rating, Jake. mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I put two movies on there. One I didn't think was going to rate super high, but the other one I thought was going to rate higher. And both Uh have been just blasted. (laughs) Uh, Talking about Jurassic World, not Dominion. And um, talking about Thor.
1: Yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Well, Thor... Is that like Thor the Dark World levels, so yeah, not good at all. But Jurassic World Dominion is almost at a billion dollars. It's a five point seven, but it's almost at a billion dollars. Yeah, it's
2: that rating. And I had told you at the very start, like I wanna take the rating, like that's the one that yeah that I feel is the best one to go for. And with yeah. uh Jurassic World coming in at five point eight or nine, whatever it was, yeah. That really hurt because I was on a pretty <laughs> steady, like Damn. And then it was like, nope.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I, even though I took the two highest rated movies of the year so far, I've also had like three of the lowest rated or five of the seven lowest rated movies. So true. It's not going great. I hope that I come back. We're running out of movies, though, for the rest of the year. I did notice weirdly, and I haven't posted yet, we both have had four movies pushed to next year. Yep. And and so that's at least even. But I've learned a lot of things this year that I will do differently next year. First of all, don't choose seven movies that don't have solid dates because six of them still don't. Better job on that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Otherwise, otherwise I did all right. Uh,
2: In terms of going for box office numbers, I think we both need to make sure we pick movies that actually release into the box office. Uh, I'm
1: pretty yeah. sure you're the only one that did that, my friend. You oh, have it. two movies, two movies that went to streaming and have almost no one has zero box office, one was <laughs> only as the India box office, uh, <laughs> turning red. Yeah, and you also have like three others with like under four million. So yeah. I don't know what you're doing there, but I, you I, are I'm currently winning in the, in the total box office. You are currently winning, um, but I don't think Halloween ends is going to do great. I I don't think Black Panther will be as good as the first one or as high as the first one. So there's hope I can come back from this still.
2: I'm hoping that Black Panther just, like, rejuvenates the MCU's current phase. Um, Although I didn't hate Thor. Like, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I think I enjoyed it more than I did Ragnarok. Watching it with my kid may have had something to do with that. Because I tend to watch or enjoy movies more when she's watching them with me. Um, mm-hmm. but I didn't hate it as much. It definitely, I mean, they should have given Bale way more screen time than he got, but that's <laughs> just my
1: opinion. Yeah. He's the only reason I was even slightly interested in that. And I still haven't gotten around to watching he's it. awesome.
2: Not a surprise at all.
1: Uh, yeah. It's no, always awesome.
2: Now we're starting to, like it's weird for movies now that we're August is here. So like the summer, releases are kind of mm-hmm. this is where they they peter out they've done their run uh, we start yeah. getting to the the couple fall movies that come out like the couple big ones and then you got to wait mm-hmm. till november or christmas day before the last couple so yeah you and i yeah. are kind of like uh-oh because <laughs> i think we both only have a few big titles left
1: yeah i i I'm waiting for Avatar two on December sixteenth, and I'm looking to have about three weekends of box office before the end of the year. It's going to be tight.
2: Yeah, it should be interesting. It should be fun though. <laughs> uh, and anyway, yeah. next, the next draft we do, I need to be better prepared. And I'm just going to keep my tongue, like hold my tongue on a couple movies because clearly <laughs> I was wrong. <sighs> You heard it
1: here first, everybody. (laughs) Dustin was wrong.
2: I was wrong. I was wrong. Um,
1: Who knew that was going
2: to be like the movie?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, because
2: we got a lot.
1: (laughs) We do have a lot. Let's continue on. Um, I was going to check in. Is there anything that you've seen during the hiatus that you loved that you wanted to bring up? uh, Or anything interesting that you saw recently that you... So
2: I have watched a lot of movies um clearly i i absolutely adored top gun that movie had no business being that incredible but it is yeah um uh let's see here when did we on hiatus we uh or took a little break so the northman possibly my mm-hmm. favorite of the year i may have even enjoyed it equal to the batman um wow the the movie uh um Everything, everywhere, all at once took me way by surprise. Mm-hmm. That movie hit me in a whole different level than I've been hit a while by a film. Uh, that was pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Very original, and it was hilarious that that movie came out right at the same time as Doctor Strange, both dealing with multiverse mm-hmm. stuff and that the, the non-comic-booky movie handled multiverse so much better <laughs> than that dog pile of Doctor Strange. <laughs>
1: The dog uh, that I didn't expect to make almost a billion dollars. True. P- I oh, think people are really excited about it. but
2: um, yeah. What else have I seen? Um, There's no Morbius,
1: I, but that's fine.
2: We don't need to worry about that. I kind of forgot Morbius came out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so did everybody else.
2: <laughs> uh, Nicolas Cage's movie this year, his big one, the uh, Unbearable, yeah, wait, unbearable uh, Weight. Unbearable Weight. Yeah, that was fantastic. I loved every moment of that movie. I I thought yeah. the satire to it was perfect. I thought Nicolas Cage. You can't spoof Nicolas Cage unless you have Nicolas Cage doing it himself. You just can't. Yeah. It's just, that movie was so awesome. Had a lot more heart to it than I thought it was going to, which I think I loved mm-hmm. it so much. Fuck, what else have I seen? I've seen a bunch. Uh, I just went and saw when. Where the crawdads sing. That was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. Uh, okay. Uh, I can't remember. What, <laughs> I've watched so many movies, and I was like, I probably should have yeah. wrote like all these down, and I didn't. So
1: that's fine. Uh, so the Northman was good. I really liked the Northman as well. I was a little bit underwhelmed with the fight scenes. I felt like the choreography and everything was very stiff, and so it took me out of it a little bit. But otherwise, I liked a lot. I just saw Men, which is Alex Garland's horror movie. Uh, He did Ex Machina, and it was, I was very nervous that it would be super woke. It's still pretty woke, uh, but it's also like leaves a lot of things unanswered and open ended, so you could come up with a lot of different explanations. It was interesting. I liked it a good amount. I have an opinion or a theory about it that I haven't seen anybody else. I've been like reading all the. What does the ending Uh-oh. mean? All this stuff. What's that kind um, of movie and,
2: for you, huh?
1: Yeah. You're going to see some shit that you ain't never seen in any other movie in your entire life. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting. There, So th- th- I've seen a lot of really interesting and good explanations, but I haven't seen an explanation about this one thing that I have a very interesting, I feel, uh, theory about. So maybe we'll tell you about it someday. But it's spoilery, so I can't bring it up right now. Um, what else did I see? Uh, Chip- the Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie was really good. It was also a little okay. woke and predictable, but it was really good.
2: That thing has popped up several times for me, and I'm always like, I can't believe they did mm-hmm. that, and I'll skip it. But then in the back of my head, I get that little, like, but you really like it," And I'm like, no! Yeah. <laughs> Don't know how I feel about
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there's anybody to, like, reminisce on 90s nostalgia cartoons like like the Rescue Rangers... The Lonely Island guys are the ones to do it. They did a good job with it. And there's really funny, like, other jokes in it. There's a really funny Sonic joke in it that you'll appreciate. Uh, Yeah. just you should check it out. Okay. But that's the most important things that I've done recently. Other than having a baby, obviously.
2: I was going to say, I mean, at at least film watching, (laughs) movie watching wise.
1: Yes. Fuck, yes. I
2: did watch other stuff, and I just can't remember what all I watched.
1: That's okay. You can bring it up next week. Another episode. Uh, Let's
2: see here. What other things do we have to bring up? Uh, uh,
1: I uh, think that's everything. We did the draft. We did the schedule. Do you
2: notice something on both of our uh, backdrops that are pretty fucking killer that we got right before we went on our break? Bam. Yeah, that's pointing to it. (laughs) (laughs) Totally.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love that thing. It's like my favorite uh, movie poster now. Dude, so
2: my daughter was home with me when it finally arrived. And when yeah. we looked at it together, she just started laughing. And she was like, <laughs> this is hilarious. What the like, hell is alien. this? <laughs> she was like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, it's uh, speaking awesome. Speaking of our children. There you go. Good good segue. Yeah, so today is our top 10 Movie dads uh, list, and obviously we're going to highlight dad characters in movies that we love a lot and why we love them a lot, and uh, go through our top ten list. And and uh, at least for me, I wanted to just highlight fatherhood and the the benefits of it and the the all of the different things that go into it. I it, I don't want this. I've I, don't, I feel like it doesn't even need to be said, but I've read enough comments on the internet that i just want to throw it out there that this is nothing or in no way uh saying that fathers are more important or better than mothers it's just everybody knows everybody loves mothers mothers are magical creatures who sacrifice every part of their body and life and they're amazing and we love them but fathers are also a very important part of of human beings being raised and being successful and i think so many of the issues in society comes from fathers not being present and being taking care of their kids so to that end we wanted to highlight the benefits of good fathers and how we see them a lot is in our favorite medium yeah movies
2: um jake knows this so here comes your first little bit of uh real talk ladies and gentlemen
1: (laughs) um dad mode
2: being, yeah, being a father is, for me personally, it is like, you hear people talk about life callings, uh, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Truly, no joke, being a dad, it's like one of the, my first aspirations as a little kid was to be a father. And to actually be a father, to actually achieve the greatest of uh, life aspirations and dreams is pretty incredible. You can't really describe it. Um mm-hmm. But being a father, I'm pretty passionate about fatherhood, uh, and like Jake said, there's we're not taking anything away from mothers. Our moms kick so much ass. All the moms we know yeah. are incredible. Uh, I have yeah just the highest amount of like love and respect for all of them. Our idea of celebrating fatherhood, though, really comes from a place of fathers kind of get like pushed aside, well, maybe that's wrong. Uh, taken for granted is how I would put it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think there's a there's an under it's not under appreciation like I'm looking for more appreciation. Obviously, I'm a brand new dad, so I don't really count, but dads everywhere I feel like it's less less known what a dad is or what a dad should be, and so there's less emphasis on on fatherhood and on especially good dads and, and being grateful for good dads over yeah. uh, missing dads or whatever and, and how single mothers have to raise kids and stuff. So, yeah, so I totally just, agree with you.
2: We just really wanted to highlight fatherhood. I, you know, I really wanted to push this, especially after I found out about you and Christie, uh, especially mm. for you. Cause I mean, you're like, you're my dude, you know, we're family basically. <laughs> so I um. really wanted to celebrate you and I, you know, we celebrate the hell out of Christy, so when mm-hmm. she listens to this, I can like try and be a punk to her right now. But I feel that would be wrong, so I'm not gonna do it. Um, <laughs> love Christy, and I love seeing all the stuff from you guys, hearing about how how your little dudes doing, you know, from her and all that. I think it's just incredible. Yeah, I mean, but but fatherhood is the, it's a very big passion thing for me where mm-hmm. i am so proud of i mean all the fuck ups i have in my life even as a dad which hey fellas you're gonna fuck <laughs> up which is one thing yeah. i wish anyone would have told me and just been real about like you're gonna make a lot of mistakes it happens um right but i just i love being a dad i want to celebrate being a dad as often as possible i know i drive yeah. friends coworkers nuts with it all the time cuz i mean Ninety nine percent of my life stories now revolve around my child, (laughs) and trying to like (laughs) when that's your whole like story arsenal, trying to tell a bunch of people who are not parents. You like, we get it, man. You love your kid, but you don't get it until you have your own child. So, to all you fathers out there, Mm -hmm. cheers! Proud of you. Go bust your ass. You know, be there for your kids, man. It's yeah. Fatherhood is a tough gig for several reasons. Uh one of the biggest reasons for me and from my perspective is kind of a a generational uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um kind of not in a good way, but passing of the torch. Like there's always been the stereotype with fathers to be Mm
3: -hmm. not
2: connected to their children, not to, you know. Yeah, dad is the working man. That's what dad does uh right i'm very happy to see that's been getting chipped away pretty decently over the years but there's still pieces of that mentality that Mm -hmm. are still present and i think that's why like what you were saying about it's not necessarily an underappreciation but i think that's why dads kind of get Mm -hmm. taken for granted or just kind of like oh it's dad, you know like
1: yeah yeah, I, I do think that's a big part of it. There's a there's just a historical thing and the generations that takes generations to change. I know my dad's dad was a lot more like just cut off emotionally yeah. from the family than my dad was. And then my dad is, I think, a little bit more than me. And so we just kind of like get, improve as we go, which is a good thing. But I also feel like in media and in culture, there's been a thing that I've seen since like the 80s and 90s where – uh, there's so many movies and shows where the dad is like just a, a an idiot, like a fuck up guy character, like he doesn't have a lot of depth. He's just an idiot, or he's completely absent, or he's cheating on the mom or whatever. Like, oh, right. or there's not like a lot like of there's not a the lot of like that. yeah, there's not a lot of wholesome, present, caring fathers in media, and I think that's why we wanted to show at yeah. least a handful of really good ones.
2: I, I'm gonna tell you right now, like my list is 50 50 well actually not even 50 i'm gonna tell you my list is full of genuine loving fathers some of them are funny some of them are mm-hmm. not um yeah but when i was approaching right there with this you. episode even when we talked about it originally and then finally watching the movies and kind of going through with it i struggled so damn hard with this list and i know i texted you <laughs> yesterday uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i still yeah, don't down even the know liar. who my number one is don't worry <laughs> i know who my number one is it's okay but a few, i uh i got kind of critical with a couple of the the father figures that i originally had mm-hmm. on my list or like thought well that's an obvious one and then i went back and watched them and i was like <laughs> you're not an obvious one on my list i actually legit yeah. did it right before we logged on. It's like I have okay. time for one more review. I'm gonna mm-hmm. check this guy out. Cause in my mind, mom- <laughs> my memory was like, he's awesome. This is a dad. Right. Rewatched right. it and was like, Nope. I disagree with so much this dude does. <laughs> I got for it, can't have him on my list.
1: I wonder if it's the same one I had, because I definitely had one where I was like, he's a dad, definitely going on the list. <laughs> and then more I thought about it, I was like you're a dad, but you're not a very good dad. Like, you're <laughs> cool, but you're not a very good dad. And
2: I'm, I'm also expecting our list to kind of have a decent amount of differences. Uh, I'm also wondering if one of us will have dads that the other one took off the list mm-hmm. for those reasons where we didn't feel they hit Could be. those, those check marks or those boxes. Uh, yeah. And I'm really curious to see what our reasonings, if that happens, are. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm stoked for that. I have been. So, All right, I'm stoked I'm
1: ready them. to argue for mine because I believe they are very good oh, dads no, and overall.
2: I, but that'll be the fun thing. I don't think we'll have to argue. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think once we we give our case for why we have these dads on our list, I think mm-hmm. just having that added perspective will help, and just see where we're coming from. I've got. I know I've got one that you're going to be like, "Wait a minute!" And I'm like, <laughs> "Hold up."
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, um Also. The last thing to say before we get started is the special guests we have this week. Obviously we are fathers and we want to celebrate fathers but we're not just celebrating ourselves. that would be weird. Uh, we contacted several fathers, including our own fathers our own. and asked their our asked asked for their favorite movie dad characters. And uh, so they all called into the show. Uh, so both our dads called in, and we each had a friend call. In. So four different voicemails came in for this. We're very excited yeah. to share those. We'll split them up kind of throughout the show. Uh, I don't know if Jake's
2: it. listened to him yet. I have not. I didn't want to listen to my my dad's yet. He sent me. He yeah. texted me his list of like the movies. Uh, but I'm really uh-huh. curious to hear what he has to say on his voicemail. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, I listened we, to it just uh, so that
1: I knew I could play it and it would sound good. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, your dads is funny. I can't wait to get to it.
2: <laughs> I am so happy we got our our dads on the show. We're celebrating them, so mm. welcome to the show, dads. Hey, <laughs> uh, hey, then, yeah, we got we got a couple that that chimed in too. I'm stoked. Let's do this. Yeah, Let's celebrate dad. Okay.
1: <laughs> so I, I think I'll go first as the newly crowned yes, dad sir. here. Do it. Uh, my my number ten favorite movie dad, who is a lot like myself. Where the nice thing about becoming a parent, I have learned, even though you don't have any idea what you're doing, your baby is also a baby. So when your baby's a baby, you're kind of a baby as a parent, and you both kind of learn together. Uh, and so that is a lot like my first character. I identify with this guy a lot more than I thought I would. So my number 10 favorite movie dad is Ben Stone from Knocked Up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it is, in addition to being one of the funniest movies of all time, I feel like Ben's transformation from a single dude, he's essentially a man-child, to, into a responsible father through the course of the movie is perfectly represented and very honest Jodefta always does that very well but he starts out as this like crass poor stoner and with no ambition and just hangs out with his friends all day uh, i didn't do any of that but i was you know very lazy and selfish and i didn't have anything to do why would i care about doing anything and and then he meets this girl and knocks her up as the title implies and uh and and he has to choose to become a father and become responsible and and take care of his kid or do ch- choose things for his kid that mm-hmm. are things he wouldn't have chose for himself. And so I really like how that's represented. I also really like, my favorite scene is when uh, she goes to her mom and like tells her she's pregnant and her mom's like very judgmental and she says she should get a smush And uh, then he it's, then talks to his dad and his dad is like, all about it he's like so yeah. excited it's a miracle he can't wait and uh, just that dynamic of encouraging his son to be a father is really cool so I, I it's the funny it's the funniest movie ever but it's also like all of Jed stuff very sincere and yeah. true and on the fatherhood angle especially
2: oh my god I think that's so funny he brought up knocked up it's not <laughs> on my list not on my list okay. but uh, I had juggled putting paul rudd's character on my Hmm. list yeah he's not but i juggled (laughs) him for a little bit uh i think what you said about how apatow's writing and rogan's acting of just going from man child to learning kind of the first steps of actual responsibility and kind yeah. of taking accountability by then. Like, I, I love how they show that progress, and I love that they show him still tripping up and still maintaining pieces of that man-child kind of mentality. Yeah. But learning more from it, you know, being able to start stepping away from all that. I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, that's a good – that's such an interesting <laughs> pick, Jake. It's yeah. So funny. It,
1: <laughs> it's one of the things I didn't really – expect from being a father is how it just like forces you to grow up and and it's kind of might sound like a bad thing to a lot of people but it's really not like it's i'm just constantly just doing things that need to get done whereas before i would just like fuck it who cares (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome
2: it yeah it it is amazing that's why you know well, I, I have something to say a little bit, well, quite a ways okay. later in the episode, but yeah, uh, God, that's such. A- yeah,
1: save your advice for the end.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to. I want to rewatch Knocked Up now just just because I love that movie. I absolutely
1: love. it. Oh, it's movie. the best.
2: Um. All right. Well, my my number ten actually does not have a big role, and I realize that with a handful of my my list, uh, huh? where they don't. They're not in the movie very much, but the scenes Mm -hmm. they are in, they are the grounding moments. They are the grounding kit, whether it's super simple and just kind of common sense to them, or they actually have very wise words to to share. Um, But I was like, I thought that was interesting that the the fathers on my list kind of hit me I and mean, when I rewatched them they all still stuck with me so much and I understood why I gravitated towards them and so this one mm-hmm. I have always just like the, before I became a dad actually this movie came out the year before my daughter was born uh, so yeah it's still before I was a dad <laughs> and even the dad in this movie I mean the movie's awesome but the dad just always like he left me with that impression of I hope as my child if i ever you know when if i ever become a dad i hope i can kind of face certain moments obstacles the way he does Mm -hmm. the way he handles a couple of the moments in the film and it just rewatch. i watched it like three times in the last two weeks once with my daughter and twice just to be like yeah this dad does it for me um so my number 10 is Does Desert for you, huh? Yeah. That was weird. weird. Sorry.
1: Go ahead. It's
2: so much for a sentimental episode. <laughs> All right.
1: Sorry. Go
2: ahead. I don't even know how to segue from that. Well, show's over, folks. Just...
1: Your number 10 is?
2: My number 10, uh, his character's name is Earl Cavender, and he is from the movie Whip It.
0: Okay. yeah, Um,
2: he played. Yeah, he's in the movie like four, five scenes and he's got the the few big scenes with him. What he has to say just really like to me, it it just kind of humbles like Mm -hmm. it's very humbling. It's very real. It feels genuine. And Daniel Stern plays the dad and he just he does it so well. And it kind of helps that the movie takes place in Austin, which I had totally forgotten that detail. It's like, hey, Austin doesn't look like that anymore, but I (laughs) guess it may have in 2008. Um, But he's got like, he has these, the two scenes that really hit me. One was he's talking to his daughter about why he doesn't like step in and have arguments with the mom. And he has this whole explanation of like, you have to pick your battles. You just have Mm -hmm. to, like with some people, you just got to let them run their course and you just got to, you just got to be chilled, right? Yeah, Do your thing, whatever. And then his other one is after they discover the whole roller derby thing, um, when he goes online and starts looking up his own daughter on and what she's accomplishing Mm -hmm. and watching videos on her. And then his whole conversation with his wife about her, it just, it hits home. And it's one of those things where as a dad, you're like, yeah, I'm willing to like put aside something that could be financially like uncertain. It could Mm -hmm. hurt, you know, it could have a bad run or it could end abruptly. It, It doesn't have longevity but it's okay to set those things aside as long as your kid is like kind of getting to know themselves and finding and creating their own happiness really. And that's a huge piece of fatherhood for me is just making sure my child is getting to know herself and she's getting to like know what risk to take or choosing Mm -hmm. what risk to take. I think that's awesome. So
1: yeah, you always want the best thing for them, whatever that is. You
2: really do. And sometimes you got to set aside your own, like your own notion of what you think they need and all that. So Earl yeah. Cavender from with it, he just, like I say, he's got four or five scenes, but he just, I get so happy when I watch that movie because mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, the dad's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yes.
1: That's awesome. So yeah. That's I like that too. a lot. I love Daniel Stern a lot too. So yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, my number nine is not fun at all. It is probably the most sad and depressing movie on my list, but <laughs> such a powerful dad uh, and dad movie. So I went with man from, from the, ro- the road. Oh Oh, yeah. Oh. And this movie reminds me that if he can be a good father in absolutely the worst situation imaginable, I can get through being a little tired or a little grumpy or a little hungry. And uh, be a good dad in the in the, even the worst situations. So he's very inspirational. But damn, that movie is like so so man. sad and so harsh. But that movie is... So I read the book. Yeah, me too. It's the only Cormac McCarthy book I've ever read. Yeah.
2: So that book, I'll tell you what, folks. If you've only ever seen the movie The Road and you were like, man, nothing can be more heartbreaking than the movie. Go read the book.
1: Yeah. Like, they toned it down for
2: the... They toned it sure. down. They really, like, they made it, like, okay. Mm -hmm. But it's still, whew, that's a rough one, man. Like, I thought of him immediately, too. Mm -hmm. And in that same thought, I was like, nope. (laughs) It was (laughs) like, primarily because, honestly, the only reason I did not put him on my list, Mm -hmm. I was like, I just don't want to rewatch The Road.
1: <laughs> it's one of those movies for you. You have those one and done movies. That it, yeah, like I own watch.
2: it. It's over there.
1: Yeah. You got to be in the right mindset, though. Can not tell
2: you the last time I watched it? <laughs> like, I'll have moments where I'm like, ooh, that movie's so well done. It's so well filmed. And, like, mm-hmm. characters are so well done or, like, fleshed out. I'm not watching that one. We're <laughs> going to go with something else.
1: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> It it is really, really dark. I mean, the, the, it's apocalyptic. The world is dying. The animals are gone. The world is, there's cannibals everywhere and they're just kind of just trying to survive for no real reason. And, but I love it because he's still a dad. He's still taking care of his kid and he's also still trying to teach him lessons. Like he's teaching him about the heroes and old stories and, that you can still be one of the good guys and there are still good guys out there. You need to watch out for bad guys, but there's still goodness and you can be the hero. You can be the hero to the story uh, if you want to. And so he talks about his son carrying the fire inside of him and it inspires his his son to do that. The story is the most extreme version of reality. And I think that's why I love it, which is that it's every father's job to... And, and then their goal really to prepare your kids for the world mm-hmm. and for and for them to be able to take care of themselves after their fathers are gone like there's come a point where you can't take care of your kids anymore and you need them to be able to take care of themselves obviously in this situation it's survival and they're running from cannibals and the father is dying and all of this stuff but so yeah he has the hardest possible road no pun intended but the goals and results are the same as every father's, I think. And he does a really good job of it. Yeah. As good a job as he can do in the circumstances. I mean, it's Vigo
2: Mortensen yeah. just throwing down acting chops, like quiet acting chops, yeah. which I am. Man, I've got a couple dads on my list where they have like, it's in that quiet moment or that look. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have the same kind of thing with a couple of yours where it's yeah. just like, Ooh, there it is. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, you just, you feel like the authority, but it's not a, uh, uh, like kind of tyrannical authority. You feel just this, like, um, more of like a humbling authority where like the dad just, the dad needs you to be better, not only as a person for yourself, yeah. But for me, I've really approached fatherhood as I need to set my child up to be better than me, grow from what I've done, do better than what I've what I've
1: accomplished, just be better. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's I mean, that's the whole goal. I have spent 35 years making mistakes if they can and learn from those mistakes early on and not duplicate them, then they can go on and make new mistakes yeah. that I will never even make it to. So it's just like building on top of each other. It's if crazy. It right. yeah Oh, man. <laughs>
2: man. Is <laughs> man, a, like, man is a good character. He's a very good character. He's a very intense character. Oh, man. <laughs> Way to come swinging, Jake.
1: Yeah. Um, well, not to mention the fact that the woman – his wife and mother of his child just leaves like she she can't handle how difficult it is which is understandable but you have a child and so you can't just leave so she sucks but man is awesome (laughs) (laughs) it's the one time i will dog on mom's this no she's
2: like that character is she's a bad character she's Mm -hmm. a bad character um wow i have no good segue into my number nine (laughs) i would have a great segue if we are going to number 8 but that's just not the case so now it's weird
1: all right well um,
2: my number 9 is funny <laughs> that's funny. And fun and <laughs> let's bring it back up bring the energy back up just, time time <laughs> to boost it again boost it again yeah um yeah my number 9 this dad if you grew up in the 90s you know this dad in fact people quote this dad men tend to quote this dad <laughs> Primarily when they leave the restroom. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh,
2: this guy is just
1: I spendira when I leave the restroom, but maybe that's just me.
2: Well, this father wise, father wise, (laughs) um, this is the dude. Uh, This character again, he's not like a huge role, but the Mm -hmm. scenes he's in, one he steals because he's ridiculous and hilarious.
1: Okay,
2: but where where he's coming from and what his the points that he makes Mm -hmm. are so real and they're so like yeah that's what (sighs) your dad's gonna tell you your dad is gonna spend a lot of time telling you get your shit together
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
2: uh so my number nine is mr jones from friday Uh, okay If you don't know the line that I'm quoting, it's, I wouldn't go in there for 35, 45 minutes.
1: (laughs) Oh, man, that's a good one.
2: But this dad, and he's great in in the franchise, but that first one in particular is the one that drives home for me. Uh, One, he's hilarious, ragging on his kid. Like, you got to get a job. How you got fired on your day off is unreal. But you got to go get a job. You got to make better decisions. Mm -hmm. And until you start making better decisions, I'm going to be on your ass. And he is. Down to, like, the most ridiculous, hey, come back inside to my bedroom. Go get me a glass of water with some ice. (laughs) Like, he just trying to drive the point home to his son, Craig. Mm -hmm. Get your shit together. Grow up. Yeah, Uh, but out of nowhere he hits his son with the, the line that just has always stuck with me. And it's when he sees his son with a gun and he tells him like, when I was growing up, we didn't need that. Mm -hmm. And he he puts his dukes up. Right. And he says, this is all you need. Mm -hmm. Like you win some, you lose some, but you live to see another day. Uh, in the context of the film, he's talking about like just the potential uh gang violence that might happen in the neighborhood. Yeah. But the reality of that scene is like not necessarily I mean, you gotta you gotta put your dukes up. And and I don't have a son, but for my daughter, it's the same principle to me, just because yeah. it's like kid, you gotta be able to fight.
1: Girls fight maybe not more than boys. I'm right. Afraid.
2: And I'm like, maybe not even like like actual physical fighting, but yeah. like you need to learn how to life is a punk
1: right (laughs) and it's gonna hit you it's gonna knock you down really hard you gotta be (laughs) harder sometimes
2: so mr jones from friday uh, he's hilarious yeah but he has the way that they wrote him the way that ice cube wrote him to be so funny and ridiculous but have such a like very real He's making very valid, very real points. I just, I love that. And that dad has always stuck with me. He's another one. Like, I, there are times I watch that movie solely just for the scenes with the dad. And then other times I'm like, no, I just want to watch, like, I want to watch Craig and Smokey on the porch. But (laughs) Mr. Jones from Friday.
1: Okay. Um, I love it. That's awesome. Um, All right. My number eight is, I guess the segue from that is he's another African American father figure. That's the only thing they have in common. Um, from the, I'm going uh, with the messy dad poof. Look <laughs> at this messy hair. It's getting hot with the hat. I had to take the hat off. That's fine. <laughs> My um, number eight is Roger Murtaugh from a Lethal Weapon, <laughs> the one and only. Um, he 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 tells them he just tries to be a sensible dad, and and he's a really good dad for to these like three kids. But he's also, as everybody knows, getting too old for this shit. He's so old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and and my favorite part, like obviously, I love *Lethal Weapon*. I've loved *Lethal Weapon* forever. But seeing it from like a dad's perspective and watching it, you kind of get him differently. Like all of yeah. the scenes where he is, uh, he ha- his oldest daughter is like a woman now and he's kind of realizing that for the first time and it's very difficult to grasp the fact that she's a, a a person an adult who's going to be dating boys and all that stuff uh that's not easy to come up with um it also when he goes to uh that so the girl that jumps off the building at the very beginning she has a dad and her dad is friends with Roger Murtaugh and uh calls him and they have this like heart to heart conversation where it's like kind of dad to dad and it's really sad honestly where his he's like begging roger to investigate it he's like as a dad you have a daughter imagine if she did coke and porn and jumped off of a building and killed herself wouldn't you want that investigated and so i don't know it's just very powerful and i've never really seen the movie from that perspective before Mm -hmm. i've always been like the hard-boiled detective story and all that stuff but there's a lot of Family life scenes with him and his family and him and his kids and his daughter gets kidnapped and they has to like go rescue her and all this stuff. It's very fatherhood centric and I really, really like it.
2: Watching that movie from the perspective of a father when he's holding the grenade and he says, if she's going to die, she's going to die my way, not yours. Yeah. So like,
1: oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. You believe him.
2: (laughs) like being a dad changes mm-hmm. it, it your perspective how you like how you process just it's so different and Jake you're you're still super new
1: yeah, I'm a baby I'm
2: going to tell you right now man as your kid gets older that learning how to reprocess stuff mm-hmm. is like it gets more intense and it gets harder yeah But that's kind of the point, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Murtaugh's such a good pick. And I'm not going to lie. Totally not a surprise that you would have Roger Murtaugh on your (laughs) list. Not a surprise at all.
1: No. He's amazing.
2: (laughs) He's awesome.
1: He's awesome. All right. Before you give your pick, I think we've gone through five. Let's do one of our uh, call-in answers. I've been trying to do them in uh i think order that i think will work well because i have listened to them i know which ones are on the list and i don't want a lot of things spoiled yeah, so spoil anything. we're gonna go to a call-in from my friend brandon longtime listener and supporter of the podcast first time caller uh let <laughs> so me pull this up
2: i was about to be like we're not a radio show jake but <laughs> podcasts are essentially radio shows welcome to the show man <laughs>
1: My top three picks for favorite movie dads. Number three, Sam from Sleepless in Seattle. Number two, Wayne from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Number one, this might seem a little lame since this is a minor character, but I seriously idolized this guy growing up, and he's one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Miles Dyson from Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Holy (laughs) shit. I honestly forgot he was a dad, Miles Dyson specifically. Oh, my God. I don't think of him like in that context, really. It's been a while, a minute since I've seen Terminator 2. All I think of when I think of Miles Dyson is sitting there holding the thing going. (laughs) Dude.
2: (laughs) So the one that, like, that's a great pick. Yeah. Because he, like, it's... To have your entire life's work, and in just a few moments, and you're looking at your kid holding this arm Mm -hmm. and interacting with this machine and realizing, like, I have made possibly the most royal of (laughs) fuck-ups a dad could possibly make. uh, And to just instantly be like, okay, I have to erase my entire life's work. Everything I've ever gone for, I have to get rid of. That's incredible. Um, the pick that just made me feel like how the shit
1: honey, the shrunk is the kids. Did I not watch honey? Yeah. I shrunk
2: the kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. Rick Moranis was like the funniest dude when I was a kid,
2: dude. And I just thought of another Rick Moranis character. Oh,
1: little giants. Yep. Little giants is a great movie. Also on Honor- mid episode, honorable mention, check out little giants and honey. I Shunk And the
2: he's kids. such a great dad. Yeah. He's, he might be the most awesome, Honorable take the top spot for honorable. Oh my god. Dude, those are awesome picks. All that right. was fantastic. Good job, Brennan. Thank you, sir, for calling in letting us know. We appreciate it.
1: All right. Now you can give your number eight. Uh, All right. So my number
2: eight, uh minor character for screen time, major character for lasting effects on the main main character. All right. Um, this is, I will tell you people, this is the only like nerdy one I've got. Originally (laughs) I had a few, but this is the only nerdy one I've got. Okay. Uh, Jake, you and I have brought this guy up several times before Mm -hmm. and we've talked about his intensity just in the, the small screen time he has yeah, and how much, like how impactful he is throughout the whole franchise. Um, my number eight is Jonathan Kent. Specifically yeah. from Man of Steel. Yep. Um, I was re-watching just like clips of him, not just the full movies, but clips of him. Yeah. And it's still, dude, this <laughs> Jonathan Kent is like, yeah, you are the man. You are <laughs> the man. Yeah. He is so open and honest with Clark that it's It's heartbreaking, but it's Mm -hmm. like it's so inspiring as a father to to see this character raising his son, knowing his son has more potential than like literally everybody. Yeah. But the way he goes about parenting is still. It's so admirable, and I've actually modeled a little bit of my parenting style off of him, Mm -hmm. of the idea Of as a dad, you aren't looking at raising your child day by day. You are looking to the big picture. Yeah. How do I set my kid up for that shit that's uh, like way down the line? Yeah. And you don't even know exactly what is down the line, but you know, like there's a lot there. Right. This child needs to be prepared at as minimal, you know, Mm -hmm. the most I can. And he, but he, the lines he says, yeah, they're to a, a, you know, superhuman superhero alien boy of like, you're going to change the world, what you choose to do, whether it's for good or evil, like that's up to you. It's your choice to do this. Yeah. But that still works for all of us, all of our children in the real world of like, you ultimately have the full decision of what you do with your life. And as a parent, we just have to make sure you have an understanding of what your choices, like the consequences your choices
1: can have. Right. And choosing to do nothing is still a choice. It's still a choice. It's still an option, but there are also consequences.
2: Heavy consequences. And just preparing that bigger picture kind of mentality is, he's really like one of the only parental figures in movies, at least Mm -hmm. all the ones that I watched that really approach parenting with that mentality of like, I need you to like be ready for when shit hits the fan when you're an adult. Cause like what you just said earlier is, you know, the dad, the parent might not be around to see Mm -hmm. a portion of it or a good portion, whatever. Mm -hmm. So got to make sure our children are set. And Jonathan Kent just nails it out of the park. Even when like (laughs) uh, Superman has the vision of his dad on top of the mountain Yeah, BVS, you know, like that's still, the story he tells is so like, ooh it's so heavy and just uh, consequences, there's consequences to everything we're doing.
1: And the fact that his dad impacted his life that much, that even after his dad's gone in his darkest hour, he thinks about what would his dad tell him, and his dad would tell him a story from his life when he was a kid, and he fucked up, and here's how you Here's what you should do different, basically.
2: Yeah. So I just I was like originally I was just gonna have him as a an honorable mention. Yeah. And then I was re-watching stuff with him and I was like, No, <laughs> this dude has to be on my list because I have mm. I just I respect this character so much and I love how Kevin Cosner did with the character and just the heart and the sincerity that he's got with it. It's just that's a father figure to me.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> Took a gamble that he would be on your list. I, wa- I definitely wanted him on my list, but I also wanted to fit a bunch of other stuff. And I was like, there's a pretty good chance Dustin will choose him. <laughs> so I'm going to put him in honorable mentions and hope that he does. And then I could talk about him on his yep. yep. So thank you for not letting me down. Yeah, but I agree with everything you said. Um, I I think I didn't think about it from that perspective, though. And I think there's an old uh, saying or, or somebody said once that, society grows great when men plant trees under the shade that they'll never with shade that they'll never sit in or something like that Mm -hmm. and uh you could change that to dads planting seeds in their kids lives that they'll never like see the benefits of and that's totally true yeah i also really like obviously uh man of steel has a ton of christ allegory type stuff in it right and and superman's has two dads he has Jorel, who is essentially god and jonathan kent who's essentially joseph and raising this kid who's not really his if it's as, as if it's his own and raising this kid who is godlike with godlike powers and stuff trying to do the best he can as a mere mortal like how do you raise that guy and uh how do you, and, uh, he does how do you discipline that kind of child like yeah. what do you do
2: with that?
1: he does a really good job and uh yeah i totally agree yeah. All right, my number seven um, favorite, where am I? There we are. Uh, is actually one that Brendan brought up, and I was a little surprised. Not a lot of people, especially masculine dudes like us, are uh, fans of this movie, but we obviously are because it's one of our favorite dads. Sam Baldwin from Sleepless in Seattle is my yeah. number seven. Obviously, super chick flick type movie, but... I feel like most of Tom Hanks' characters could be great dads. He just has that thing about him where it's like, and I, and I was trying to think about it, and he only has a couple that I could. But he up. never
2: really actually plays a father.
1: Yeah, and so *Sleepless I mean, in Seattle* a is, times, but *Sleepless in Seattle* is is one of the best, and and also, uh, I've noticed recently as my wife has been watching chick flicks, uh, they're so sad. Uh, quick aside. <laughs> She was watching some movie, and every time I checked in on her on what was going on, it was like the saddest shit just happened. And uh, and like, what happened now? Why is she upset? She's like, oh well, sure, her daughter tried to get uh, her daughter got busted, and then she got beat up and all this stuff. I was like, what are you watching? Why do you enjoy this? Uh, it was about this movie about this girl that gets pregnant, in, like Walmart or something. Um, shout out to you. Oh, a, a I told you movie what movie that is.
2: That is uh with ashley judd little, uh, and uh natalie portman right natalie
1: portman yeah 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 something about a heart where the heart grows i don't know something like that yeah uh so anyway they're always sad and sleepless in seattle opens at a funeral where this guy's mm-hmm. wife just died and now he has to not only get over that as an individual but also he's a dad to this young kid jonah and just how he balances that he completely throws himself into work and fatherhood and completely denies everything else for himself which is yep. one way to do it uh not really a bad way to do it but then over time a couple of years later he starts to like try to get back into dating and be okay with like doing stuff for him even though his son isn't into it and so just the way he balances that is kind of my favorite part where it's obviously awkward for his son to like like start thinking about having a new mom around and all this stuff, um, and and their dynamic together and how they kind of like go through it together. Yeah. Uh, father and son is really cool, and I really like the move that part of the movie especially.
2: Yeah, that's another one I just completely spaced. And what sucks more about that was I even thought, what Tom Hanks father movies would I put <laughs> on my list? I have one as an honorable mention, but I like it just. Mm-hmm.
3: Whoop, <laughs>
2: like But that whole movie is him and his son. The whole yeah. movie is his son end up like kind of having to take the reins to be like, Dad, yeah, you, you gotta like, you, you gotta do something for you. You gotta,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they're like brushing their teeth together and they're he's talking about going on the date with this girl, and his son's like, Is she gonna scratch up your back? And he's like, What are you talking about? When they when, People have sex on TV. The girl scratches up the, the scratch back. Backs. It's like, how do you know this? Jets has cable. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's funny. So yeah, so this in Seattle. That's a great pick,
2: man. That is a fantastic pick. Um, I'm going with Super Silly. Uh, mm. This is the one I could see you kind of being like, ee- like, he's kind of a pig sometimes. He's not, like, that great of a guy. Okay. But here my argument. I'm ready. So, I'm not even going to segue it. I'm just telling you. Uh My number seven is Clark Griswold. Yeah. From National Lampoon, the vacation franchise. Um yep. Yeah, he has moments where he's a real piece of shit. Like, mm. almost have, you know, cheating on his wife and, and never never knowing where his son is, even though Santa's
1: standing right by him. <laughs> uh-huh. But. Or never noticing that his kids are always different in every movie. Yeah, or that, That's just Hollywood, man. That's just Hollywood. <laughs> it's canon.
2: <laughs> uh, but Clark Griswold, as mistake riddled as that character is. Yeah the bottom line that comes to this character and they really emphasize it in Christmas vacation. Like yeah. you finally get where he comes from with everything is family. Yeah. Solely 100%. His goal is to create great family memories mm-hmm. for his children to take wherever they go. You know, when they grow up, he constantly wants them to experience something good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of mistakes. Yeah, there's a lot of like you know, dragging the dog behind the car. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> uh that's a bad part, but um but Clark <laughs> Riswell, as the I really it boils down to Christmas vacation for me because mm-hmm. to me that's the culmination of this family. And yeah, mm-hmm. there were a couple more movies that came afterwards, and I have nothing against them, but Christmas Vacation really is what drives it home for me.
1: The most perfect just, version of
2: it really is. Time. I mean, he's so he has invested so much in making sure his family are given you know, extravagant things, whether it's Mm -hmm. a giant family gathering Christmas or a swimming pool, Mm -hmm. giant vacations, cross country. He just, he's so invested in this idea of, I don't really care about me as long as my family has like all this stuff. And uh, I just, I, I think that's so awesome because as a parent, you really end up coming to that point. At least most of us, Mm-hmm. Come to that point where you're like, I think it's okay that I'm like you put yourself aside and, and the kid takes all. And I just think Clark Griswold really yeah. kind of emphasizes this and he, he or like embodies that kind of mentality. I just I love Clark Griswold, I think he's hilarious. I and even his frustrated moments where he gets so mad and he finally loses it and has to scream and shout, and you know. I wouldn't recommend chugging eggnog like he does because that'll yeah. make you sick. Um, <laughs> but then, even in that moment, his own dad sits yeah. down with him and tells him, "Like you thought, I had it all under the control. I right, I didn't." And for me as a dad, that's such a like moment
3: mm-hmm. for you're
2: thinking, "Did my dad?" Like, did he actually know everything? Did he actually have everything under control? And then he can yeah. talk to your father. And I, spoiler, folks, mm-hmm. nine out of ten times, your parents are gonna be like, "We had no clue yeah. what we were doing raising you."
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's that's probably one of my favorite parts about it. I'm not gonna say too much because it is on my list as well. Obviously, so yes. I'm, I can't argue with you because I definitely, obviously, agree with you. Yes. But yeah, the fact that he's he's constantly making all those mistakes and but he's also trying to like pass it off as if he meant to do that um he's he's just tr- and you your kids expect you to know what you're doing yeah. and so he's trying his hardest to appear like he knows what he's doing and has that confidence and it's hilarious in the movies, but I think there's also a big part of that where it's like you when you're a kid, you don't realize your parents have no idea what they're doing <laughs> until you will become adult and you're like, you talk to them and you're like, we're peers now, and we both have no idea what we're doing still. And it's just the weirdest thing.
2: Yeah, because you approach them with that idea of like, can I cheat off of your test? Can you yeah. just give me the answers? And they go, <laughs> We don't have the answers for you. Yep. <laughs> like here's what we did. You can go mm. from there,
1: and you're yeah. like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah exactly
2: Oh, i'm so happy to hear we have we have our our first crossover on our like getting yeah. back into the that's so awesome <laughs>
1: mine's uh, a little farther up yeah, my next yeah. one is not funny at all so <sighs> dude I'm, why do you
3: keep doing this
1: <laughs> bringing Stop it back to doing... <laughs> down <laughs> but It's a great movie with the great Denzel Washington. My number six is John Quincy Archibald from John Q. So sad. (laughs) His son, when his son, who this movie starts out and it's just like a cute family movie. The wife and father, obviously they're having money issues, but he's looking for a second job. It's going to be okay. And they're at their kids' little league game and he just collapses and it's just the saddest thing. And his dad rushes out to him and he has this like heart condition where it's like rare and it sucks and it's gonna be like $250,000 to get it fixed and his insurance doesn't really cover any of it. And so he's he exhausts every possible thing he can do he's, and he just can't get enough money. And so he goes to the ultimate breaking point And needs to save his son and needs to get his son on a donor list. And essentially, it becomes a heist movie where he's trying to hold the hospital up to get his son on the donor list. And uh, it's just, it's an incredible movie, especially when like they're trying to like stop him. And Mm -hmm. Robert Duvall is like the detective and he's like, I'm a dad of all of like two kids, three boys and two girls or something like that. And uh, they're like trying to have this rapport. And then they like send in the SWAT team, and they don't get him, and he gets away, and it's great. But he's like, "I'm not burying my son. My son's gonna bury me." And he's just so like completely committed to saving yeah. his son's life by any means necessary. And uh, it, it's amazing. It's an amazing movie. Not a very fun movie, but a very amazing movie. <laughs> uh,
2: again, I thought, oh, I'll watch John Q because that's a great movie, and it's yeah. all about lengths of a parent will do for their child or a dad Mm. will you know what lengths will the father go through Mm -hmm. um i i like loaded it up and then (laughs) like the ending flashed in my head yeah and i was like ah not today
1: (laughs) (laughs) not this time
2: i was like nah i just i i don't know i was like i was in such a like happy spirit Mm -hmm. um not all of my dads on my list are like funny yeah. folks. Um, I've got, yeah, I've got a couple coming up that.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, they they kind of go through it a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, Denzel Washington is always a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And watching, tier. watching those scenes where he is just losing it. Mm -hmm. Like the conversations with Duvall watching just his initial decision to hijack the or like hold the hospital hostage to try and do this. Like
1: that's such an intense story. Mm -hmm. And he's a great hero, an unexpected hero, because there are so many points where you could say. Oh, you're a dick. Like you are affecting mm-hmm. all of these other people's lives, and you're being very selfish to try to save your kid. But he does enough to try to help them. Like he, even though he's holding a hospital, he still like tries to let them operate on the people they need to operate and tries to give people directions to other hospitals. He does enough to keep himself likable and well, not like make the audience turn against him. Yeah. Which is always important the
2: audience. You don't turn against him. One, you get where he's coming from. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I agree with you. They do enough where you you stay with him, mm-hmm. where you're like, he's still, he he's got a little bit of a grasp on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> on he's he's a good guy, but he he's just out of options. Yeah. And he refuses to accept that his son is going to die in the next couple of days.
2: Yeah, which, which is understandable. I, I get.
1: <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I I've told
2: my daughter. Man, if anything ever happened to you, scorched earth. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. that's it. Um, yeah. It, it's amazing how intense that kind of, like, you don't even want to think of that scenario. And John Q is so... Uh... I find myself... I'll watch movies where parents have to go through these these situations where they're watching their children suffer... Mm -hmm. Uh, whether they get sick and are dying. And the parent has to have this understanding of like, you're probably going to be the one bearing your kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a hard time with those, like not to a point where I'll completely refuse. I get, I didn't watch John Q. (laughs) Um, But it, it hits so differently now because I really like, I think about, parents in the real world who have faced this kind of stuff and now they're watching a movie that's about it. Chances yeah. are they, they've made the decision not to actually see this these yeah. films or watch these stories um which I get, can't hold anything against them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I have found myself thinking about families that have actually gone through some of these scenarios yeah. and my brain is usually thinking like ooh did we need this story? <laughs> like, it, it's usually a quick thought, but I, I have to chuckle to myself that I have that thought at all. Yeah. And it, it's solely because of my child. So, thanks, kid.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. It's all her fault.
2: It is. Thanks for taking that blissful ignorance away from me. <laughs> um, well, my number six is genuinely. A good mixture of he does some silly things, but he's not like a very funny character. Okay. Um now I've I've talked about this guy a couple times. We actually I just talked about this full movie in one of our episodes, and uh I, I want to say it was our like um what did we call it? Our comfort movies. Yeah. Um, So my number, what number are we on? Six. Six. Uh, (laughs) Is the character Matt King from The Descendants? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I love George Clooney in this film, and I love how he approaches playing this dad who the whole situation, the whole story is actually really, like, it's not a funny story. He does some silly things with his daughters throughout the course of the, the movie. But he he's this dad whose wife is about to pass away to be taken off of life support. He has this entire trust thing where he's been given the sole say in owning this giant piece of Hawaii that the whole family wants him to sell. But he's having kind of reservations about it because there's deep meaning to it. Yeah. And then he's trying to figure out how to stay connected and honest and open with his youngest daughter and then find a connection with his oldest daughter who is kind of rebelling. She's getting into drinking and partying has that teenage attitude and all that. He's trying to deal with so much all at the exact same time. And he has to maintain a calm yeah he has to it's like it's a different kind of strength where his grieving process he puts on hold simply so that he can just get through get his daughters primarily through this moment in time and then Mm -hmm. he can have his own his own moment but just the quietness just the way that he's trying to figure out how to reconnect or stay connected is so Real. And to me, it hits hard because my my child is hitting that age, that teenage years, and I can already hear all the voices out there going, <laughs> like, oh yeah, I get it. Um, and so when I watch the descendants, I feel a deeper connection with this character because he's so desperate to figure out like, what do I do now? Where yeah. do like how do I connect with you now that you're doing this, now that you're getting older and there's so much unsaid in that movie that I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the part that really cements it is just the final shot of the movie. It's that shot where like, as a parent, you see it and you think I need that, Yeah. that moment. That's what I think every parent kind of ultimately wants Mm-hmm. and I, I don't really want to say it because it might ruin the whole film if you haven't watched it uh it's not really spoilery but i don't know i feel weird telling you it's I'm cathartic
1: talking. to but it's, experience it
2: yeah and it's just i love matt king as a dad and just what he has to go through and how he approaches it i think it, i i have a respect for what they did with that character so mm-hmm. matt king from the descendants he just Plus, I am obsessed with that movie.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a wicked good movie, and especially on the the father of daughters uh, side of things. He, Tom, uh, not I don't know who I was trying to say. Oh, hey. no, not George Tom. Clooney does a great job in that movie. <laughs> he does. He really does. <laughs> I was going to say Tom Clancy. I don't know if it's Tom. To Clancy. Say Tom, he's Tom, not. Even... Tom, Tom Hanks and George Clooney, and I don't. I got really confused.
2: Damn.
1: All right. Well, let's go to the, the radio lines again. Colin lines. I'm <laughs> losing it. I'm falling apart. I need, I need to cue
2: play. some silly uh, <laughs> uh, segment alert. Yeah.
1: <laughs> some uh, technical difficulties. Jake's mouth doesn't work anymore. Uh, sounds. Let's go to another longtime listener, longtime friend, John. Uh, yep. He has a message for us.
0: Hey, boners, this is John. Here's my top 10 list of movie dads. Uh, Number 10, we've got John McClane from Die Hard. Number (laughs) (laughs) 9, Professor Henry Jones, Indiana Jones's dad. Hell yeah. Number 8 is Darth Vader from Star Wars. (laughs) Whoa, bud. Chris Gardner from The Pursuit of Happiness, the dad in that movie. Uh, number oh, six, yeah. Ms, uh, Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire, mm-hmm. Daniel Hillard, in that movie. Number five, I've got Marlon from Finding Nemo. Number four, the dad in Taken, played by Liam Neeson. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> number yeah. three, yeah. Bob Parr from The Incredibles. Number two, Gru from Despicable Me. <laughs> My number one movie dad is Rick Mitchell from Mitchell vs. the Machines. Hope you guys like the list. Love the podcast. Talk to you guys later.
1: What the fuck is Mitchell versus the Machine?
2: Okay, so everyone, I have heard about this movie. My daughter has talked about it. It's like one of the highest rated films like ever. Okay, it's this animated film of this family. I have no clue what it's about. I haven't watched it yet, but everyone has told me you gotta see this movie. It's Mm. incredible. Um, Haven't watched it yet, but. I feel like I have to. I really think I need to just buckle down and watch this. If okay. John's putting it at number one, it's got to be pretty, like, like damn.
1: I would say it's got to be pretty good. He does have a couple of crossovers with me coming up, but he has some interesting picks with um, Darth Vader. John! Darth we're Vader, We're going to talk about
2: Darth Vader for a second. Let's good, talk about sir. one
1: of the worst dads of all time, shall we?
2: <laughs> I am hoping he is referencing solely the final act of Vader. He is a, a
1: semi acceptable <laughs> redemption arc, but overall not <laughs> but, great. John, you're just picking Vader cuz he's a badass, aren't you? He's pretty cool, uh, pretty cool. But that's a pretty also, great list on the subject of badass dads. he mentioned the one that I was talking about earlier? Die Hard was on my list and then I was like, actually not not a great dad. I I'm I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's more of a badass than a good dad. Taken, badass and good dad. Uh, Die Hard, Badass, Medium Dad. McClane, like,
2: they just never have him really interact with his children. But in, like, the later sequels, it was him and his, like, he actually did interact with his children solely in the movies.
1: Yeah, I Um, stopped watching it after the third one, basically. But interesting list, John. (laughs) I like like they gave us a full top. A full top 10, though. That took some dedication. I that was, that. yeah.
2: Uh Proud of you, bud. Thanks for the list. Thanks for uh keep listening and all that. You're awesome. Yeah. All that good stuff. Man, that was like the most radio sounding moment for us, but that's all good. That's all
1: good man. <laughs> you try hard. Right uh, you, John, so that's my, a killer list, man. My number five is is a fun one. Don't worry. Finally. I don't have- well, Actually, don't know. Finally, Jake throws a I, fun one in here. I don't think I have. Okay, I have another sad one, but it's kind of hopeful, kind of good, mostly positive now. No more super depressing ones. <laughs> my number five is fun, but it's also another a, a kind of a unique side of fatherhood that isn't shown a lot, and I think is very specific to this event, and also just culturally interesting. And I think it's done in a really good way, and it's also my personal favorite, Steve Martin. My number five is Father of the Bride.
2: Okay. We have a crossover (laughs) on actor,
1: not on movie. Interesting. Yeah, George Banks in Father of the Bride is like one of the best. One and two, I enjoy both of them very much. They tell very different stories, obviously. Um, But there's something... So I love that I, I love that when you're watching a movie about a dad and he's like, he's just enjoys being a dad. Like I, mm-hmm. I can't think of that many movies that's like that, but father, the bride, he's just, he loves being a dad. He's so excited that his daughter's coming back from school and, and then finds out like, it's, this is the movie, like you mentioned before, where he's really struggling to see her as an adult who is like going to get married and start her own family and all this stuff. He still sees her as that little kid and that I can't imagine yet. I'm going to learn the harsh reality in the future, but I can't imagine how hard that must be. I'm getting more of a perspective than I've ever had before. That was always kind of a weird thing that happened in, Mm -hmm. in, in stories that I didn't really get, but now I'm like kind of seeing it already. I feel like time is moving too fast, slow down. uh, And, uh, and so I think that's a big part of that, but I think, I know for um, culturally, father of the bride is uh, is kind of interesting because obviously in when with weddings, there's a lot of like your father is generally paying for it, father of the bride mm-hmm. is generally paying for it, um, father of the bride is generally like giving her away. I know a lot of people don't like that. That some people feel like it's like the bride is property. I don't I don't think of it that way. I think of it as as a father, you and as a mother, you are responsible for this human being yeah. and keeping them alive and protecting them and and teaching them and making them successful. And so to let go of that and to entrust this stranger you just met to be their partner and help them and care for them and all that stuff is a big deal. And it's not the easiest thing to do. And it's a it's a really funny way that Steve Martin does it, but he also does it, I think, in a very honest way of with his voiceover and everything. So I really enjoy this movie. Uh, and the second one as well, when he has yeah. to become a father again, after kind of being done with it. It's great. Um, I love
2: father of the bride. I'm with you, dude. I enjoy mm-hmm. both. Obviously I do enjoy the first one more. Sure. That second one has some great moments in it. And anytime Martin short and Steve Martin share screen <laughs> time, like yeah. it's gold. Yeah. Um, to your point of seeing your child as a child, even after they're not really a child anymore. Yeah. Uh, or at least grown out of that. So I know my mom and dad have both told me stuff about like, it's so weird when your child is no longer like stepping out of a child mentality, child, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've talked about it with me, you know, one day, you were okay with, like, nicknames and, like, the the silliness with the parents, right? And then the next day you were like, it's too done. cool, yeah. And I remember thinking, like, oh, that's so ridiculous. Like, I, I hope my child never does that with me. We're going to make sure that we're always, like, whatever. Uh, then reality hit, and my child is very much in that stage of, <laughs> like... Some of the silliness that we used to do, she has flat out told me like, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm too old for this now. And you're like, yeah, you get it. But at the same time, I very much when I rewatched Father of the Bride, George Banks is a high on my honorable mentions because I I swapped him with his other character that's on my (laughs) list. Um, But that was a moment. That hit me really hard this time around mm-hmm. because I am currently starting to experience the first handful of steps to that. And it's yeah. very like ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, not prepared. Yeah. And I like the movies are full of shit, man they did not prepare me enough for yeah. when this transition starts happening so that has been a an interesting time
1: yeah um i feel like i took sucks, my Jake. very it
2: really I, sucks
1: i feel like i took my very first step in that journey that you just talked about because we took like our one month photos mm-hmm. of, of our baby and uh, it's the two-month photos and seeing the difference between one month and two month. I was not okay with it. I was like, (laughs) nope, don't like that. That's not cool. (laughs) (laughs) Too much. Too much. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, Yeah, so Father of the Bride, like I I was laughing a lot and then Mm. all of a sudden those like heart moments would hit and like his visions where he sees her as the little girl again when she's actually an adult. Uh, Those, I was like... (laughs) (laughs) fuck this movie you know like hell no yeah Uh, it's been like an emotional couple weeks folks (laughs) because wow your children break you man they really do they really do um well my number five is steve martin oh perfect Um, (laughs) i went with a different movie actually i went with a movie that came out a few years before father of the bride did um, I'm going with Martin's character of Gil Buckman from Parenthood.
1: Yeah. I was going to guess that. Yeah.
2: This character... Like, I, I grew up watching Parenthood, and I didn't understand a lot that was in the movie, mm-hmm. because one, I was a child, and a lot of the... I mean, the whole perspective is from different parents, right? and the different like issues that they're going through with their kids mm-hmm. and i didn't really get any of that watching parenthood as an adult as an adult mm-hmm. even pre-parenthood you're watching it like ooh, <laughs> that situation would suck yeah watching it as a parent you're like god this situation sucks <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah yeah you're
1: like how do you get through that you're, right. you're like sitting there taking notes you're like please tell me in case <laughs> right. it teach comes me. up
2: teach me Um, but I think the way Steve Martin played this character, actually all the characters in the movie truly, um, they're so real. Mm -hmm. There's such a like raw honesty, even with Steve Martin's, you know, his character of Gil, who's very in the moment with his children. He's very present. He wants to do what he can, you know, with his son's birthday party, what he ends up doing for that is pretty cool. But then the movie really shows you, and Martin does a great job mm-hmm. of showing, like, the frustration mounting, the stress of everything mounting, and just how do you, how does a parent process when there's so much weighing down on them and so much stress, so much angst, and not necessarily from the kid, just life in general is just beating you up so much that you just can't take it. And then you start like, second-guessing yourself as a parent, which is a very, very normal thing. Um, mm-hmm. Just to let everyone know, doubt is a very present thing in parenthood. And yeah. I never understood that, but I think the movie Parenthood does a great job of showing doubt um, in a parent, mm-hmm. which I you don't see a lot. You always see, like like you said earlier where the dad's a complete idiot doesn't know his way around anything and then the mom is like the ultimate caregiver always strong might have some frustrating moments they have an argument or two and then everything's mm-hmm. roses um but parenthood kind of lets the the doubt just be yeah and Steve Martin, one of the most powerful scenes to me with Martin is him and his wife have this huge explosive argument that just comes out of left it like it just blows up for both of them, and they both say things. Him, him especially, says stuff that like it's so devastating, but he's saying it just because he's trying to like get the shit out, so yeah. That it it can't like keep festering for him. And to me, that was a scene that I was like, there it is. This Mm -hmm. is why he needs to be on my list. Uh, the silliness, the fun, making sure he's, you know, present for his kids. Hell yeah. But just the decision to be so raw and honest with some of the, the stuff that people don't like talking about or acknowledging that Mm -hmm. comes with parenthood, uh, I just I absolutely love that. So and and all the characters go through this. It's just the way he does it. it, His was the one that hit home for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a a big thing that I'm like kind of noticing and talking a lot with Christy. And and she knows it like has been talking about it and thinking about it on like the mom side as well, where being a parent's really, really hard and it can feel feel like you don't know what you're doing and you have all the pressure in the world to do it right. And, and so, and it can feel very lonely because you don't know like how, who knows what to do right and all these things. And if you ask the wrong questions or you ask the wrong people, that could be super judgmental about what you're doing, right. or how you're doing. So yeah, I, I think that there's just a lot of things like built up and it is so helpful to be able to get that out and to say, I, this is really hard. I have this crazy situation. I don't know what to do about it. I need, like, just to air it out and not feel alone in it. And to have other uh, yeah. people online or whatever say, yeah, that's really sucks. I had that problem. Uh, and we did this. You can try this. So, like, it's different for everybody, but you're, you're not alone in it, I guess, is the right main thing. Yeah,
2: that just... I, I love that movie in general, but mm-hmm. Steve Martin just... His character of Gil is fantastic.
1: The... <laughs> my the piece of uh, that movie that just came to mind for me is it's not like a dad moment well it's a dad mo- it's like a surrogate father moment yeah where joaquin phoenix young joaquin phoenix is uh having this like problem that he can't talk to his mom about single mom and uh so he talks to his older sister's boyfriend, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. And, uh, and he's like, just feels so much better. And she notices and she's like, oh, I guess a like boy Gary's age just needs a man around the house to yeah. have these conversations with. But then Todd, uh, Keanu Reeves' character, is like, well, it depends on the man because I had a man around my house and he was putting cigarettes out on me and like right. a total asshole. And, uh, and so it's just, it's nice to have Keanu Reeves there, his character there to help this other little dude well, who you, is like his, being a father figure to him. Yeah. And you judge Keanu
2: character so much during that movie because yeah, he's an idiot in that yeah. film. Uh, so I love that they gave him that moment where you saw, you as the audience see him have that, that glimmer of growing up and the mom in that scene also has that of like, oh, okay. Mm. So even when like I'm doubting his skills completely. There's, there's yeah. that hope still, and I right. think that's like ultimately the, the whole thing with all the characters in that film is there's always still some hope. Like mm-hmm. you got to hold on to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, find find your tribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, parents, find your tribe. It's mm-hmm. good for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't do it alone. Uh, so that's so my, my number five. That's a great number five. I love it. Uh, my number four, 4 is a crossover with John so my number 4 is Daniel Hillard from Mrs. Doubtfire uh, played by the great Robin okay. Williams
2: so uh, i'm going to i'm going to interject i'm sorry jake okay we have the same number 4
1: nice <laughs> i love when that happens
2: <laughs> john we have like a trifecta here bud I Thanks for what, kicking it off.
1: I forget where his was at. I think I think it was like six or something.
2: No, he actually sent me the photo of his list, but I didn't look at it because I uh, wanted to hear it first.
1: That'd be hilarious if it was a three-way tie for a fourth. Um, I'm going
2: to find out.
1: Yeah, you look it up. I'll get going. So yeah, I had to put him on here. Every time I watch this movie, I feel more and more like he basically didn't do anything wrong. Like he has this fight with his wife and they obviously have these problems and he, he has his children taken away from him by the courts but he kind of, in my opinion doesn't really do anything wrong he is yes he is more of a friend to his kids than uh, like a full parent and that puts a lot of pressure on the mom to be the disciplinarian and all this stuff she has to do the hard shit and she's, she doesn't appreciate that and it makes it rough and so yes he's taking too much time to be fun and be friends with the kids. And, and a lot of the movie is him kind of growing up and be, and being more responsible and not being able to, he reconnects with the kids because he doesn't have to, uh, he doesn't get to assume that he knows them. He has to Mm -hmm. come in as another person as dressed as this, this British uh, housekeeping lady and, uh, and get to know them from scratch basically. And that, makes him connect with them more because he knows where they are at, at this point in their life. And, and he's able to kind of parent them better by starting fresh in an interesting way. Um, so I, I think overall it, Daniel Hillard is a great dad because he just loves his kids so much and Dude, he will do anything he can to be close to them.
2: His, uh, his closing remarks in the courtroom yeah are
1: heartbreaking <laughs> yeah
2: heartbreaking <laughs> yeah oh it's true um i agree with everything you said um i'd be curious to hear like john's like his perspective cuz john is a new a new father newish father as well folks um mm-hmm. and uh, i i'd be curious to hear his his perspective on on daniel hillard um what strikes me every time I watch Mrs. Doubtfire, it's such a frustrating movie for me. Yeah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> um, I, I totally understand where Sally Field's character is coming across. Like she's just tired of being the only adult in the house. I get it. Yeah, I get it. The extremes she goes to to mm-hmm. keep him away. I'm like, you are a horrible human being and yeah. you make this movie difficult to watch. <laughs> it is
1: ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that the court would go that far. They treat him like he's abused somebody like he, he they, has, yeah. his, his visitation is so limited and all this stuff. It is very frustrating. It, it's very
2: frustrating. Um, But I love his development through Mrs. Doubtfire, like through mm-hmm. this character that he made, like what you said, where now he's connecting with his kids fresh mm-hmm. which is so weird what a what a i can't even really imagine that full effect i kind of had to reconnect with my kid and i feel like i'm still trying to reconnect with her mm-hmm. um but on that level no i luckily i didn't have to pretend to be this whole other <laughs> human being i can just yeah like, hey kid we got to start um but i love his development and learning how to not be the friend. Yeah. But to be a parent and to be like to have boundaries and structure, how he has to embrace all of that. Mm -hmm. Um originally through just the character, but then you know when you see his apartment and you see like just him in general, you you start seeing the actual changes in him. Even down to his haircut. His haircut changes.
1: Yeah. He just gets his shit together.
2: Yeah. And it's awesome to watch. And Robin Williams in that movie is so fucking good yeah he's like yeah Mm -hmm. comic genius and it's hilarious Mm -hmm. he's so fucking good yeah (laughs) like yeah yes i believe his closing remarks were not just him speaking as a character but him speaking as an actual dad because he had children Mm -hmm. um and just talking about like when you love something so profoundly and I can't speak for every because there's some really shitbag parents out there. Yeah. Um, but for me, I've never experienced, nor can I really describe, or at least do justice to describing that kind of intense love mm-hmm. for a human being. It's like, it, it's something I'll never experience it again. It's that simple. It's like, uh, yeah. I don't want to say a one and done, but it's something that just like, and it keeps growing and it gets more frustrating because you're like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Like, Oh my God.
1: It's something (laughs) that totally caught me off guard. Like it's just unimaginably powerful. Yeah. And and everybody says, Oh yeah, you love your kids a lot, but you don't understand until it's there. It's unbelievable. (laughs)
2: Like it, it has an effect folks and it, it's you, you really do have to just kind of experience it and it's wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but Daniel Hiller, that character, I think just, he speaks for all of us dads, mm-hmm. or at least, you know, I, I felt like he was kind of speaking for me, saying some stuff that I've always wanted to try and say just with like, I'm addicted to my kid. Mm-hmm. Like I literally cannot do anything. Yeah. without the child's interest. Like I just it's so weird yeah how that happens. And I, I just I love that. And the whole oh my God, rewatching it. I rewatched it this afternoon. I had to leave work early today because mm-hmm. I had way too many hours. Um and so I was like ooh I have enough time to I'm gonna get a few more movies watched. <laughs> Let's just confirm and maybe mm-hmm. like juggle that last one I told you about and I rewatch Mrs. Doubtfire. And I was doing so well, dude. I was great. I was watching. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's here. He, this is where I want him on my list. Mm-hmm. And then fucking the ending comes up. Mm-hmm. And like when uh, when they're he picks up his kids again. Spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the why when the mom sees Mrs. Doubtfire on the TV and she's talking, she's responding to that letter from the girl who's like, my parents are divorced. How do I you know, how do I deal with this? Mm hmm his little monologue at through Mrs. Doubtfire about love and parents' love and all that. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, Damn it. Oh, being a parent breaks you, man. Yeah. I fucking cry <laughs> at everything anymore. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: it's true. I did find myself getting more emotional than I ever was before. He <laughs> like, just, I don't. Caring about things in the world makes you care about more things in the world. It's kind of like a snowball, and it kind of sucks.
2: Every, uh, every Christmas, you know, when, when my daughter and I watch uh, Jim Carrey's The Grinch, mm-hmm. don't worry, folks, his line of like, I'm leaking. I <laughs> yeah. feel feeling Every time I'm like, literally every time I start crying at something <laughs> dumb, or not dumb, I shouldn't say dumb, but at something that I never would have before, Yeah, being a parent, I look at her, I'm like, you did this to me. You broke me. She's like, I know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> She's like, Dad, stop being embarrassing.
2: <laughs> she actually, yeah. She says that a lot.
1: Yeah, that's teenagers for you. <laughs> All oh. right. well wow, that, that was a double header there. Hold double on. Let me, it, threw, it threw me off. I think we're at one, two. We're three, at number four. three. Okay, so we'll do one more, and then we'll do uh, our first our dad call in. Yeah. So my number three is probably the best dad character of the last decade, maybe longer than that. Uh, my number three is Lee Abbott from A Quiet Place, A Quiet Place 2. John Krasinski, the way he plays him and wrote him and directs him, all the stuff that he does. Uh, I don't actually remember if he wrote it, but he definitely directed it. He did. Um, <laughs> Freaking, it's just so good. Like – i i was watching it and i was watching it by myself because my my wife's like movie like media tastes have changed becoming a parent as well where she's like not as interested in like the super dark scary things anymore mm-hmm. and uh, i was like oh she loves a quiet place I'll, I'll i'll watch start watching it but then i'll watch it later with her as well and uh the very beginning when <laughs> spoiler if you've never seen *The quiet place from 2018 <laughs> skip kid. ahead yeah the kid <laughs> it's like the, the dad is just carrying the son they're walking home he's like leading his family home and you hear the like cacophony of sound come from behind him as a kid took the toy he told him not to take uh and he's like running as fast as he's could possibly run he's never tried this hard to run this fast and he still can't get there in time before this his son is snatched away from him by this monster and there's nothing he can do that moment and then it's like boom a quiet place I was like fuck this movie this movie is so <laughs> goddamn good it's so damn good like I could have I, uh, it, and then that's not even the best part that's like the first part <laughs> of the movie <laughs> but spoiler for the opening
2: I, 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 love, I love how you said that I, <laughs> because we both had moments in movies like oh, fuck this
1: yeah <laughs> I, it just it, it, it hits different for real now and the whole movie does so my actual favorite part is when his son is obviously his older son the one he was carrying before is obviously afraid to live in this world with these monsters and stuff that they can't make any noise and uh and his his wife who is a real life wife emily blunt which is fun uh tells him to take him with him to go out and get water or whatever and so the kid doesn't want to he's afraid and so even when they get to this big loud waterfall his dad like yells because he can he's like hey we can yell here and the kid is terrified like he's just constantly afraid and i love that scene because his his, the the dad is trying to teach him not only don't be afraid like you you can you can be brave but also pay attention use what's around you like you're trying to survive all this stuff and you can this thing, this if stuff is loud around you, you're okay. You can be loud with it, that kind of stuff. And it's those lessons that he takes the time to teach his kids that let them grow and save each other and save their mom and save like everybody else like as time goes on. And so he's imparting these things to them. And that's that's a dad. I mean, that's what he needs to be in order for their family to survive. And but the the like break you part the part you said the part where i'm leaking is the end obviously (laughs) spoiler again fast forward again big spoiler alert folks when he signs i love you to them as he's like going to save them and there's like a meme that i saw a couple weeks ago and it's just like stuck with me it's like that uh that what is it it's like that uh masculine urge to hold off an overwhelming force so that your family can escape to safety. That's like a thing that's like yeah. in inside of us and that he does it. And it's like very, like that is so sad, but also so good. Like that's a yeah. good thing that you did. And I really appreciate you. This big uh, dick energy right there.
2: What I, what I love and appreciate so much of that character. Uh, I didn't put him on my list. Uh, he's an honorable mention though. What I love about that whole character, there's two things that just, I'm like, it's, it's too well-written first off, mm-hmm. but the two scenes that just always like, this is damn near perfect in terms of writing as a, from a parent's point of view, writing a character of a parent and just this, this whole, what, how does a parent even begin to try and handle mm-hmm. this situation? Yeah. And the links you go to for your children. Uh, so the two things. One, yeah, that ending, when he signs, I've always loved you. Mm-hmm. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but but the fact that he doesn't even... Like, there's no hesitation.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, as a parent, and this... Some people might think this is like, ooh, that got dark. It's not dark. Mm-hmm. This is just what it is. As a parent... One of the incredible things that clicks in you mm-hmm. is you have a full, how do I want to word this? Um, a complete peacefulness that if you, if it came down between your life and mm-hmm. your kids, there is no debate. You simply right. just know, mm-hmm. well, it's the kid. hmm like, and you have, like, you're okay with that. It's weird. Yeah. It's powerful. And I love that you see that in him where he sees a situation and he just immediately is like, oh, this is, yep, this is how it is. Yeah. And he does it. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> it rips like, your heart out, but it rips so you good.
2: apart. Just destroys you. Like, well, that's it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, there's a detail in that movie that not a lot of people talk about and it kind of bums me out that they don't because I'm like, it's such a a great thing that they show. So, you know, the deaf daughter thinks that her dad hasn't, like, loved her, that he's Mm -hmm. kind of separated from her, and he hasn't at all. The whole time that she's not seeing what's actually in front of him, not Mm -hmm. just studying the creatures, the whole time he's been trying to find like, how, to, how do I correct your hearing aid? How yeah. do I, like, give you the world? How do I do this for you? Yeah. And I love that, like, just when you as the audience learn, the dude has been constantly mm-hmm. trying to do this one thing. And he's going to great lengths to do this one thing for his kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a small detail. It's one of those little things to me that I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it doesn't always necessarily mean, like, you got to sacrifice your life, but he's saying like, he makes sacrifices the whole time to make sure his kids yeah. have a future. It's. And you, you know, do, th- you, pick?
1: you do things constantly that they don't know or won't ever see. Cause you're not doing it for like, thank yous or appreciation yeah. or anything, but she uh, does end up just realizing it and it hits her immediately. She's like, Oh, I've been a dick because he actually does care. And he has been caring, and He's been doing all this stuff for me that I have taken for granted.
2: Yeah. It's. Dude, kids just, God damn.
1: <laughs> you damn kids. <laughs> you, you, you damn
2: whippersnappers.
1: <laughs> Speaking of damn whippersnappers and old men, let's go to my let's dad. Let's go to <laughs> uh, The recent grandfather that I have made him. Uh, hold on. Let me share my stupid tab here real quick. That was a long way of
2: saying, we're going to hear Jake's dad's... uh, Yes, my dad
1: has called in and given his favorite movie, Dad's, and uh, here they are.
0: Growing up in the 60s and 70s, I have a few favorite film fathers from a lot of Disney movies, like Dean Jones, who had a daughter that wanted a horse and got his company to pay for it as an advertising stunt, or in Snowball Express, moving his family... To colorado and starting a ski resort <laughs> or Fred mcmurray who did my three sons on tv and a movie called follow me boys one of my favorites where he and his wife couldn't have kids but he was a scoutmaster master of a boy scout troop and adopts a, one of the boys in town who happens to be kurt russell as a teenager also jimmy stewart and Mr. where he rents a house on the beach for the summer and all the problems with the house and family drama is pretty funny and then on the other end of the spectrum you've got kurt russell in overboard
1: (laughs) i broke up there but i think it was mr hobbs takes a vacation yeah Yeah. which is a great one with jimmy stewart that's awesome dude your dad (laughs) brought up snowball express yeah
2: Uh, For people that don't know, that was a movie that I watched this year for the first time Mm -hmm. on our last uh, random episode. And that (laughs) is a fantastic, silly, if you want to feel good, go watch Snowball Express.
1: (laughs) It's such an interesting list to me because I obviously I've seen all those movies. They're ones we had in the house as kids. And and, uh, yeah, I definitely do like them. But they're not the ones I would have thought he would have loved. Like Mr. Hopstick, take, if it takes a vacation, I would. <coughs> Excuse me. But all the other ones, I'm like, those are such interesting choices, and now I'm very excited to talk to him about it. I
2: was, I'm not gonna lie, man. I was actually expecting your dad to throw down some like Western dads. Mm-hmm. Like I, I expected some kind of uh, like. We'll get into it. Uh, obviously, well, no, we'll get it. I'll, I'll save it. I'll, I'll save it. I'll
1: save it. Yeah, you save it. I'll save it. Uh, <laughs>
2: That's See. a very interesting list. I was not surprised to hear your dad kick it off with, like, we hear some Disney dads. I was like, yeah, there's Jake. There's RJ. <laughs> <Jay." laughs>
1: yeah, those like old 50s, 60s, 70s live action Disney movies, they're good. Like Disney's mm-hmm. gone a little weird lately, but they used to be pretty interesting, like good dad stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Revisit it. I dug your dad's list, though. That was very interesting.
2: Um you your number three or is it no, my
1: I was Lee Abbott at number three, oh, that's so right. you're next.
2: All right. So my number three is the last like funny one. Oh, okay. Um, I love this dad so much. I I just he's awesome. He's another one of those, he's a scene stealer. Uh he never really like makes the big humbling speech or does a typical father thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But why he's so high up on my list <coughs> excuse me is because of his reliability. Okay. And his his incredible way to just accept a situation and the way he approaches stuff is so like practical
3: mm-hmm. but
2: in a funny way mm-hmm. that I I I dig it. And he just, I love this character more than I love the whole franchise, honestly. And I, I think the franchise is hilarious, but this character, I just, I, I have just gotten such a big kick out of. So my number three yeah. is Mr. Levenstein from the American Bi franchise. <laughs> I love this dad so much. Yeah. He's so, I mean, yeah, he's super embarrassing. He's so awkward but i love his approach of just like well yeah i I guess this is what we're gonna deal with now and uh let's do it and he's i love that he's not afraid to approach his kid with the super awkward things (laughs) i don't necessarily agree with some of his tactics yeah but he does
1: try he embraces it and you give him credit for that he's
2: trying to just he means well Yeah. And he's got such a like sincerity to how he's approaching stuff with Jim. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably not the best thing to bring your your son like a bag full of porn. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) but his where he's coming from with it, I actually I think is great that he's trying to show his son like you don't have to be embarrassed around me. You don't have to yeah. Like if you have questions just talk to me. Like we can talk. We can do this. Yeah. I'll just try and figure it out. But I like that he never tries to to fake his way through anything. He's very honest and he's very stumbly, yeah. which I think is a an admirable quality in a father.
1: Yeah. Um, He's not afraid to tell his son that he doesn't know like, yeah, what, like, I'm, I don't know what you kids are doing yeah, these like, days. I don't know what you're doing on the table, but. <laughs>
2: right. I, I guess we're telling your mom that we ate it all. <laughs> I always imagine the conversation before and after that between the yeah. two of like, you know, maybe, maybe we don't, don't try this. We, we don't <laughs> do this. Maybe we. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah there are there are better ways to go about this
2: i i've always watched especially that first movie i've always watched it with the idea of like they had to have rewritten or taken out so much from the dad to maintain the like (laughs) immaturity throughout the the story because i feel like as silly and bumbly as the dad is yeah i would imagine as a father, he would be actually probably pretty like, all right. Like he's got to have those moments of like, here's how this is. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't be having sex with a pie. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Don't be using your sock. Don't yeah. be <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but one of my favorite moments from him isn't even in the first movie. It's actually in the third one when he's talking to Alison Hannigan's character. Mm-hmm right before they're about to get married and she's like having a panic attack the way he talks her down yeah and the way that he just talks to her i love so much mm-hmm. just that, that quick conversation with her where he's just trying to tell her like this is a normal thing yeah to be nervous or to have you know fear of all this but here's you know here's a gross story <laughs> but you're going to get something from it and you're yeah. like how does this guy always make the situation better by like kind of being <laughs> like clark Griswold, almost of yeah you're making it worse it's but there,
1: not what you would expect to work
2: yeah but i love love mr levinstein so yeah. much dude i really do
1: <laughs> he's a great dad he's one of those like any any like friend group especially when you're like younger high school uh, age groups it was like Everybody's dad had like a thing, like yeah, that you this guy's dad's that way, this guy's dad's that way. Can your dad be to my dad? All that stuff. And so for that to be Jim's dad is that guy, it's just it makes that movie so much better.
2: Yeah, it really does.
1: <laughs> uh funny that you say is a lot like Clark Griswold because oh, my go. number two is Clark Wilhelm Griswold. From specifically Christmas Vacation, because I do believe that is the best one. It is the most complete version of that family and him as a father.
2: I love that not only did we have the crossover of Clark, Mm -hmm. but that you also sided with me on it's Christmas vacation that like seals this deal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And they, they, his coworker says uh, in that movie, when he's like talking about this pool, they put a down payment on and all this stuff. He's like, you're the last great American family man. And he truly is. Uh, Everything you said is perfect. Like I'm probably just going to repeat everything that you said, but specifically how he wants his family to have memories and mm-hmm. he has, he's like forcing these traditions on them so that they have these memories, even though the kids don't want to, they don't want to go up and cut the Christmas tree. They don't want to do all these things, but he's like, we have to do them because we're a family and that's what families do. And you need these memories. And uh, my wife posted something uh, the other day, or I guess it was a while ago, but it said that you only have 18 summers with your kids until they like grow up and so you have to make your memories in that time frame and that just like put it in perspective for me like that seems like such a small number it is a small
2: number that's a tiny number
1: yeah you have 18 summers with your kids as and to do this stuff and so i feel like that is clark's entire ethos is make it count and and he does overall i think that he he has this very uh kind of nostalgic side, which is very fun, too, Where when he's, like, up in the attic and he's, like, watching all his home videos. And he just wants a nice family Christmas, uh, like, <laughs> by any means necessary, basically.
2: Yeah. I, specifically Christmas, uh, the line, I feel like, as a kid, I always took this one line as like, oh, he's, he's proud of what he was able to pull off. Cool. Like, mm-hmm. they had their Christmas. Um, now that I'm older and parenting and all that, <clears throat> every time I watch Christmas Vacation, when he has that final line of like "I did it," mm-hmm. I take that not as "Oh, we pulled off Christmas." I take it as he's like, he has some peace yeah. of I pulled off what I've been trying to do since fucking Wally World. Like <laughs> I did it. Yeah, we we created out of all this chaos, we have that moment. We have that memory. This is that time. I think that's so like, as a dad, I hope I can have that moment, that that quiet moment to myself where I can sit back and just be like, I did it. Yeah. That like affirmation or that confirmation to yourself like you did it. Yeah. I love that.
1: Yeah. I completely agree. That would be nice. (laughs) We'll get it. (laughs) We're going to get it. I believe so. We'll try our hardest and that's all that matters. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Well, my
2: number two, uh, no longer fun. In fact, my yeah. number two is pretty heartbreaking for the majority of this story. <laughs> but we've been talking heavy on like choices, consequences mm-hmm. to those choices, uh, trying to do anything you can just so that your kid can, can still feel good so you can smile have something to eat somewhere to sleep um and just trying to figure your way out even in the worst times mm-hmm. um my number two is Chris Gardner from the pursuit of happiness okay this dude's journey <laughs> is so frustrating <laughs> but you get it mm-hmm. and understanding the economic times that the movie takes place in and just the situation he's in throughout the film but knowing, looking at that bigger picture of if I can just get, like, legit no, if I can get this career going, mm-hmm. it's significant change. We can have something, we can have structure. I can give my son a life, yeah. you know. And he's so, like, he's so full of, I mean, he's humiliated that whole film. But every time he's around his son, he's putting on that, like, it's okay. Like Mm -hmm. It's just the next thing that I have to do. This is just our next step. Yeah, this kind of sucks, but we're going to do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. The part, like, I do really well throughout that movie, but the part that fucking, like, I feel it just go, (laughs) uh uh-huh, is in the train station when he, like, plays the whole pretend game of... The imaginary world around them and they have to find this cave to go and hide from the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Fucking breaks me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? But the part of that movie that is so... It, honestly, it might be. I was re-watching it last night. Uh, It might be one of the greatest scenes, like, ever. Mm-hmm. It just might be at least one of the most powerful is the ending after he's told, like he's in the office at his interview and he's like, they make the joke of like, Oh, you're wearing a shirt today. And he's like, well, I figured it's the last day, you know, this internship. So I might as well wear a shirt since I didn't wear a shirt on my first interview. And they tell him like, well, wear another one tomorrow. Will Smith say what you will about the dude, mm-hmm. but that dude pulls a Tom Hanks acting move where his on cue crying and how he tries to like maintain composure, but you see the tears like dripping down his cheeks. And then he just exits the office when he starts applauding like quick clap. Fuck. (laughs) Like, and being able to pick up his son from daycare knowing he achieved something. And his son is now actually going to have a prosperous Mm -hmm. life. Like, that's powerful. As a parent, you want your kids to Mm -hmm. prosper. And you want to be the provider of that. And so that moment for him where he knows he gets to be that provider, like, that's so profound. It's so powerful.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I just, I can't, I can't dock this character because I just, the amount of character that he had to have, just to go through it just to keep going every day every night is so big yeah so i i love that movie i love that character um and will smith is like (laughs) fucking ad yeah
1: (laughs) i mean that's that's the whole thing that you're trying to do is make sure your kids are taken care of and they have everything they need and they're safe and And when they're small that they're not they don't kill themselves because they don't know what they're doing and they can't control their body and all this (laughs) stuff it's just a whole thing that you do your whole life and i i'm looking forward to it immensely but i'm also it also it's made me think a lot about a lot about fatherhood and and the role of a father and providing for your family and your kids and all that stuff and what what that means and it makes me think of like there has been, you talked about earlier that like uh, historical stigma of fathers who are just away there, go to work, they come back, they mm-hmm. spend an hour or two with the family at, at the end of the day, but they're generally not present or actively like emotionally engaging and all that stuff. And it makes me like, I mean, I, that's their way of taking care of their family. Even yeah. though it's not, not, you know, touchy feely and, and nice. It's, their kids got a meal at the end of the day, they got like a roof over their head and they're taking care of them because that's their job. And there's, there's admirable to that for sure as well. Yeah.
2: That relationships, like I, I, I very much embrace the, the relational yeah. side of, of fatherhood a lot more than like just the basics, but I understand the basics. So I, I try not to hold it Mm -hmm. Or, like, hold a grudge against how historically or generationally it's been um, for fathers. Uh, I'm glad that we are in a time for fatherhood where, like, that stigma does seem to be kind of, or not stigma, stigma sounds wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, What's a word? What's wrong? I feel like fatherhood is. Becoming uh, slowly, very slowly, but baby steps, I guess. Uh, it, it's embraced more, which I'm glad to see, and I'm I'm glad to see the fatherhood meaning more than just the yeah. basics from you know the past. Now it's mm-hmm. there is more because we do see impact of relation, you know, relationships between a father and their children. Yeah, uh, and the like the positive side of it. Um, yeah, so I I just feel like this character does that really well. And
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree, I agree. Um, All right, hey, we made it to our number ones. We sure did. It's very good to get back to number ones. Uh, actually, before we do our number ones, I,
2: I was going to say, do you want to do our final uh, call in?
1: This would be a good time, I think. It's a two-parter. Because uh, your dad has a lot to share, so <laughs> let's start with part one, and we'll go from there. Awesome.
4: Okay, hi guys, and uh, I got a little list for you here. Um, the reason why I chose these items uh, wasn't just because they uh, involve dads, but because they involve you know the relationship dynamic between dad and. The offspring. So um I love my dad. Right off the bat, <laughs> I think we've got parenthood because that is just loaded with uh with dads and and their relationships. Uh like secondly, Father, like kodachrome This is just one of those wow uh movies when it comes to you know dad and son type thing. Uh I am Sam next mm. on the list. Uh, I think that's kind of a no-brainer. That's probably everybody's uh, <laughs> uh, heartstrings on that one. Uh, a little bit on the lighter side, you've got the in-laws. The...
1: <laughs> oh, and then there's a second part. Hold on. Let's switch over dad. to it.
4: Okay, so I got cut off there. I'm just going <laughs> to continue on. Uh, one. Um National Lampoon's Vacation. Classic. Again, a little bit on the lighter side. Uh, then uh, Road to Perdition. Mm.
1: Oh.
4: Uh, how about Hanks, uh, Patriot? Oh, shit. Uh, we'll go to uh, Big Fish. Kind of an odd one. Uh, since the storyline is all about the sun, uh, I still think it's a dad kind of movie because it's his discovery about mm. his dad uh and then after that, uh again on the lighter side, father of the bride. There you and go, Jake. Uh, this one, of course, uh, is not a father and son type thing, it's father-daughter, you know. <laughs> and then we go to Big Jake. I had to throw something in there, you know. Uh John Wayne a bone there. Nice. Uh but,
2: uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Love the list. Love the list.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was amazing.
2: Uh, I was thinking of a different movie with Kodachrome. I just brought it up. Uh, It definitely sounds like one that I really want to watch. Uh,
1: Yeah, I'm very interested as well.
2: It's about a father and son going on a road trip to Kansas.
1: Uh, Apparently it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, that was the only one I never heard of, but the rest of them spot on. And obviously, we listed a lot of them here. So, good taste. Yep. Yep. Thank you, Dad. (laughs) Thank you, Jake's dad. Thank
2: Thank you, everyone, honestly, for uh, calling in. You guys rock. We love the list. That was uh, awesome. Thank you.
1: All right. So, your dad touched on my number one. He touched on a lot of movies, but I touched on my number one. My number one favorite dad in any movie has to be. captain benjamin martin from the patriot this movie ridiculously good it would not be it would only be about half as good if it was just an old war hero who has to come out of retirement and and join the american revolution his whole purpose and his connection to his family uh is what defines his character and just completely makes this movie in my opinion and the i i have always like I guess missed this part but the opening lines of the movie is like voiceover and it's essentially sets the context of the film which is that old adage that the sins of the father shall be t- returned upon the sons uh that literally happens in this movie where he has tr- he has been this war hero and this very I guess skilled fighter in his younger days but he has as becoming a parent changed him as it mm-hmm. has for all of us and he has chosen a life of peace and he really does not want to go to war and he does not want to get back into that because he knows what it will do to his kids and what what will happen when they get enlisted or drafted or when they draft themselves or whatever so it's 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 just too good my favorite scene has always been at the town hall meeting at the beginning when they're talking about should they go to war or not mm-hmm. and and how a, a you how you a elected legislature can trample a man's rights as easily as a king can and all that good stuff but the most poignant part is when he's talking about yeah i believe all of these things you're saying i believe that we shouldn't have taxation without representation all this stuff but I don't have the luxury of principles because I'm a parent and I need to do what's best for my kids above what's best for you, what's best for a country and generations of people (coughs) even, and what's best for myself. I don't have that luxury. All I have to do is what's best for them. And, and he does. And so it's, it's such a powerful movie. Um, it's, especially I love how he has, uh, well, he has all these kids. He's lost his wife. He has seven children, and he's raising them. And the oldest ones are, like, excited about being able to go to war. And he's, like, very nervous about that, I think, because he sees a lot of himself in them, that he yeah. used to be excited about it too, but then he kind of found out what it's all about. But the fact that when his two oldest are... his his, his are, One is taken, one is killed, and so he needs to get them back. He takes his two middle children, very young children, and he just gives them rifles, and he says, we need to go, and he has, even though he is a peaceful man and a peaceful farmer, he knows what the world is like, and he has still taken the time to prepare them so that in this ridiculous situation you wouldn't expect the British to come to your house and take your child, but they did. And his, he has prepared his children to the extent that they can now help him. They know how to aim small and miss small and help them, uh, save their brother. So just that forethought, like you were saying, like to, I don't know what the future is going to bring, but I need to prepare you for it to have the skills and the wisdom and all of that stuff to, to handle it and to help me handle it because I can't do everything on my own. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And it, and there's a lot of everything we said about like Father of the Bride in it as well, where his oldest son, he's played by Heath Ledger, is is a man. He's becoming a man and he has a romantic interest and he wants to join the war and all this stuff. And he has to see him as a man and not just his child anymore and and, and let him do those things and see him as a peer as he's like commanding mm-hmm. him in this militia and stuff. So it's... Such an incredible movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And he is just an incredible dad. So it, it has to be number one.
2: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the the father side of the Patriot. Is intense. <sighs> um, the the one scene. I do great throughout that movie. <laughs> but there is one scene. I don't know if I'll even be able to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> like I'm already taking breaths. Yeah. I can picture it. Um, him and his youngest daughter, who doesn't talk for the majority of that film. Yeah, where he is just so he knows what his duty is for protecting the family, and he understands like there's a separation now between mm-hmm. him and his youngest daughter, but he keeps trying to just like, I just need something, right? Yeah, yeah. when she screams, "Daddy."
3: Hmm.
1: <sighs> mm-hmm. yeah because she god like has not spoken since her mother died and and he's about to leave and she's just gives up and and wants him to stay so much that she'll finally decide to start talking and just that how do you see that like elation wash over him of like joy that she's (laughs) she's still there that's incredible Yeah. yeah i love that side as well where he's he has found a balance of all sides he has seven different children with different personalities he has boys and girls and he has he's been able to connect and relate and father all of them pretty successfully i would Mm -hmm. say and so that's it's it's admirable and i love it
2: yeah that's a great pick great pick thank you well my number one man i struggled (laughs) struggled and I struggled and I struggled some more (laughs) and then I rewatched a bunch of stuff Uh and just like none of them were really hitting that number one spot they were all doing what I I wanted them to I was rewatching honorable mentions and then I had this thought where I was like let's let's revisit uh let's revisit something that like really hit me in my childhood Let, let's revisit something so i popped a, a certain movie in from my childhood and it was one of those things where instantly i was like <laughs> there he is <laughs> there he is nice um my number one is tragic sorry <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't get to end my top 10 on a on a uh, silly happy note uh, mine's tragic. Mine's okay. possibly one of the most traumatic moments for any anyone that grew up in the 90s, honestly, when it came to movies.
1: Um, the scene from um, Neverending Story where the horse gets caught in the top. No,
2: no. Way worse than that. Uh, <laughs> my number one is Mufasa uh, from The Lion King.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, tragic mm-hmm. but everything for that short amount of screen time that Mufasa has yeah the whole way that he is with Simba all the lessons that he deliberates speaks to the way he speaks to Simba and still has that playfulness with him yeah. the way he is trying to prepare Simba for that bigger picture trying to embrace stuff teaching him how to hunt teaching him just basic, like, this is what's over here. Here's what you can expect in this area. Here's how, mm-hmm. like, kind of the world for us works. Right, And you have to not only lead it someday, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, Mufasa's kind of like the Jonathan Kent for me, where it's like, mm-hmm. you're going to, what you choose to do defines you. Yeah. But on top of that, you're going to have to be a leader. Yeah. And, that's going to be rough because you have a lot to learn,
1: yeah. <laughs> but you're going to have all this power and you're not going to be ready for it. And, and yeah.
2: Um, and Simba, you know, obviously takes a lot of it, a lot of that for granted as children do, but I yeah. love how Mufasa, his whole cadence is just so perfect. Yeah. And it, it's so funny to it. Like when I realized, like I can't deny Mufasa <laughs> might have had the biggest fatherly impact from a movie on me than like everyone else and when i rewatched it i was like fuck even (laughs) like and again it what really ended up just being like yes 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 like i knew the moment i started watching lion king but Mm -hmm. the moment that i was like yep was mufasa's sacrifice um it was like what you said with uh quiet place or yeah like we both talked about with a quiet place where as a parent as a father like there's no question yeah and him diving into that stampede mm-hmm. with like balls to the wall no hesitation just here we go yeah knowing he's probably gonna not make it out like right. re-watching that as an adult you understand he knows he's not coming out of this one and him trying to make it up the rocks up that cliff. Like he has that glimmer of hope The of just maybe. And of course, Scar fucks all that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I just, I, I can't deny the immense impact that Mufasa as a character had, not just on my childhood, but like as an adult, Mm -hmm. you hear like, I had to laugh at James Earl Jones voice that we, you know, <laughs> with Vader from John. Yeah. John, we're still questioning that. but um, <laughs> But I was like, there's something about his voice that to me is so defining as a father. Yeah. Like, that's the tone. And it's right. so funny, like, talking to our dads or whatever, because obviously they don't sound like James Earl Jones, but I can tell you this and Jake, I'm sure you can agree. There have been moments in our lives.
1: Can when they want to,
2: where they can sound like that. And you're like, Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Or at least they can make you feel as if they are that big. Yeah. Because you are, you are in, but you
2: know, and then, and then when Simba has the vision of Mufasa, reminding him of like, remember who you are and all that. I feel like that is a, A constant lesson as a father as a parent you're always trying to give your children and this is probably something i'm not even saying this as me with my soon-to-be teenage daughter or you with you know your three-month-old son Mm -hmm. uh, i feel like parents of adults this is their new mission is to keep keep their grown up children kind of grounded, making sure their children stay somewhat grounded of just like, Hey, remember mm-hmm. where you came from. Remember who you are, like really yeah. put this into perspective, keep this in perspective. And I just, I love Mufasa dude, like mm-hmm. that. Just his character, I felt really encompassed everything I already had in my list and just kind of was like, they all culminate into
1: the peak. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's a great point. And yeah, he, he is really, really great. So, so there you go. That's our top 10. Top 10 like, dads.
2: Wow. What a list, man. It's been an emotional week. Um, just trying to prep for this because watching all this with like that uh, very focused perspective of I'm watching mm-hmm. all of this as a father, from a father's perspective, yeah. and what are the traits of these fathers that i'm watching that i'm like i connect with that yeah um yeah very very interesting there were some movies that i was watching i was like god damn <laughs> god damn
1: yeah yeah no absolutely uh you want to do honorable mentions yeah uh, so, one I actually remembered while you were talking about The Descendants. I probably oh, okay. would have, it would have been on my list, possibly, if I had for- remembered it earlier. I had forgot it that it even existed. Uh, but Dan from Dan in Real Life yep. was such a good movie. And I feel like a solid dad. I really like him as a dad. Um, Atticus Fish, Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird, the way he, like, talks about his kid and and the way that he, as a dad, is very respected and... The, everybody in the stands like tell them your dad's walking like stand up all that stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> Calvin Weber from Blast from the Past. Uh, <laughs> oh the dad God. in that, the dad in that is like one of my favorites. Where he's just he's like so funny. constantly trying to teach him stuff and and take care of him in this bunker. It's amazing, but I love it. And then uh, uh, Cinderella Man, I would have had on my list except Ooh. it was on my top ten sports and also it's a lot like John Q in the sense that he'll just go to extreme lengths to yeah. uh, for his kids. And it's during like the great depression and he's a boxer who will get beat up just to put food on the table. Uh, but an incredible movie. I love Jim Braddock and Cinderella man. Yeah. That's a, that's a,
2: that's another tough one to get through just yeah. cause like the, <clears throat> the journey of it is just like, Oh
3: God. Dang. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, well, most of my honorable mentions were mentioned between you, my dad, uh, and John. Um, so I gotta not say all of them. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say Mark Wahlberg's character from Instant Family. He plays Pete. Yeah. Um, I love again, like just an honest look at stuff, especially the the frustration side of parenting, because I feel like that's a side that either gets joked about a lot or mm. uh, is given kind of a darker side because as a parent you're like oh I can't show frustration in parenting itself otherwise yeah. I'm a I'm a bad person but hate folks <laughs> it's real
1: yeah <laughs> like, it's going to be frustrating it's for very sure.
2: frustrating um but the way the way he is in this movie I just I love watching his transition and trying to figure out a parenting side and he does put himself in a uh, situation where he's like not adopting just one child him and his wife they're adopting three siblings and one of them's a teenager mm. and they i just love i actually love this movie so much <laughs> um but i i like the honest the honesty of the film and the honesty that mark Wahlberg plays that character with um have you watched Fatherhood on Netflix with Kevin Hart? No. Okay, so it's not a typical Kevin Hart movie. Um,
1: okay,
2: it's, it's pretty, it's pretty quiet, pretty intense look at grief and being a single parent or a parent in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole movie starts off with a funeral. So, <laughs> this was, by the way, this was one of the movies I watched. Uh, But I didn't say it earlier because I was like, well, I'm bringing it up later. So I'll just wait. Uh, But (laughs) Kevin Hart's character of Matt, I think, is pretty good. Uh, He does make a couple choices in the film that I'm like, I would. I can't even imagine (laughs) why that would go in your head. But then at the same time, it was a very kind of humbling moment because you realize like you get to a point sometimes where. You looking out for the best interest of your child makes you almost make bad decisions. You mean well, but it's a stupid choice. So I, I don't hate the the choice he makes at one point in the movie as much as I initially did. Just because the more I thought about it, the more I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah, makes sense. I've already made Um, this one's a weird one. Well, okay, I'm gonna give you two weird ones.
1: Okay, I love weird ones.
2: Well, weird is the wrong word, but they're not
1: te- <laughs> okay. I take back not, my love then.
2: <laughs> they're not technically dads, but oh. they are. Okay. Um Sonny Koufax from Big Daddy, Adam yeah. Sandler, is fantastic as like mm-hmm. this surrogate parent. He starts off real bad, mm-hmm. but again, it's one of those where he starts realizing the impact a child can have on their on his life, and that's I love that movie so much. Yeah, um, and my my last one, second to last one, I have one that'll make you laugh, Jake. Okay, I put it specifically just to make you laugh. Okay, um, but this one, Alfred Pennyworth, from specifically <laughs> Michael Caine's Alfred Pennyworth from the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, yeah, is such a father figure to Bruce Wayne. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, all of them, but yeah, specifically. Kane legitimately views Bruce, his version of Alfred views Bruce as you are my son Mm -hmm. and the choices that Alfred has to make throughout I think is just awesome
1: yeah it is
2: and my funny one for you is uh, the only only good character in this entire franchise (laughs) Charlie Swan from Twilight that (laughs) dad, I feel so bad for so often, it's
1: true he is the best <laughs> character in those movies, by far.
2: So honorable mention <laughs> to that that gentleman. <laughs> yeah,
1: I love that. That's a great one. Uh, when you said surrogate or uh, like not biological fathers, I thought you were gonna say uh, H. I. McDonough from Raising Arizona. That's another great one.
2: That's a great movie. But he is a terrible surrogate. <laughs> he father. tries. He tries, but that movie <laughs> is chock full of everything you should never even imagine doing.
1: You shouldn't steal a child. do One steal of children five just or whatever.
2: Someone has a lot of them. That is yeah. bad. I mean, stealing <laughs> children is bad no matter what. But that reason I was like, oh my God, I forgot how ridiculous this was.
1: <laughs> it's really ridiculous, but a good time.
2: It is a funny movie. It's a very funny movie. Um, Okay. Did did you
1: have anything? I think the last thing to mention, well, I was going to say, if you ever want to call in to any of our episodes and leave voicemails like our our dads and good friends did on this, uh, feel free. The link is in our episode descriptions and the website and all that stuff. You can leave voicemails. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Even if it's like, About an episode six months ago, or a really weird movie that you just want to know if we've seen or have an opinion on, uh, let us know because we like weird movies and we like talking about all kinds of weird stuff.
2: Unless it's Mulholland Drive, fuck that movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna get calls about Mulholland Drive now.
2: (laughs) I'm all right with that.
1: Uh, And then to close the episode, I told you (laughs) we let's have some close it with some dad advice. So, do you have some dad advice you'd like to share?
2: Oh man. Um, I feel like I've said quite a bit. Um, one thing, I, I think I actually said it earlier. Um, one thing that I, I have learned, continue to learn and will probably, it's probably never going to end. Um, it is okay to make mistakes. hmm this was uh, this is a lesson that is a hard one to kind of learn, kind of make peace with learning, um, especially as a father. Because I approach fatherhood as like, oh, now I, like time to really step up. You got to be this certain way, and if you're anything below this certain standard, like you're mm-hmm. horrible. Um, so like the first couple of years of being a dad, I I just God damn. Yeah, like that was mistake after mistake. Just I was so overwhelmed and so bad because I kept just hating myself more and more. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's okay to make mistakes Uh, Mm -hmm. as long as you like kind of look at them and try to learn from them. Right. Uh, If you just ignore them, that's bad. But that that's that's a big one for me right now is uh, just making peace with that. Um.
1: Yeah, I've realized. It's it it's a job that is impossible to do perfectly. Yeah, and there's, there's no way that you ever will. But the fact that you try and you care enough to keep trying to do the best you can—that's what makes you a good
2: parent. Yeah. Um, you know, your your little dude is super young still, so you you still have a <laughs> a little ways before you got to worry about this one. Um, but I would say to parents with kids that are like you know six and up mm-hmm. um be honest communication mm-hmm. i i have learned and very much embrace and jake you know this about me because I've, I've told you about this kind of stuff before too is uh you need to you need to be okay to have uncomfortable conversations with your kids mm-hmm. and real conversations so with my daughter and i we don't we don't shy she's still like kind of hesitant about talking about certain subjects with me and that's okay Mm -hmm. Uh, what wouldn't be okay is if she wasn't allowed to ever bring up something so i've really tried to embrace uh like a genuine open door if you will of like no subject is off the table. You come to me with something. I will tell you what I know. And if yeah. I don't know something, I'm going to like, I'll be honest. I'm not going to bullshit her. I'll just tell her I, I don't have an answer for this. Yeah. And I've told her as you grow older, uh, if stuff that you and I have talked about, if I am wrong on something, you are more than welcome to tell me just, mm-hmm. you know, be able to tell, like, show me like back up that I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, Be humble. That that's a big one for me. It, it's weird trying to give advice. I'm just uh <laughs> fatherhood is I, I was trying to write up something about it, and I just I couldn't find the the correct way to put it. Um it's so intense and it's mm-hmm. constant. Uh just be present for your kid, man. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that goes to everyone watching or listening. If you have kids, just be present with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, give them their space, give them that, that opportunity and openness to come to you for stuff. Uh, some of it's difficult to deal with, you know, some of it you don't want to hear some of it you don't care about, but you you really have to, uh, set that aside. Yeah. And you really got to give, give your kids, um, uh, kind of an affirmation that what they say, what they enjoy, uh, like you got to validate mm-hmm. a lot of that. And, and I think that's a big thing that's kind of been lost over the years is genuine validation for our kids. Uh, a lot of it's been kind of this pandering, um, let's just try and scoot kids through not yeah. really give what they actually need, uh, you know, boundaries seem to have kind of been given up on with a lot of kids, and I think that sucks, because boundaries help give give children structure, and structure is so important. Even for us as adults, we need some kind of structure. I mean, if you're yeah. allowed to run wild, it sucks. Mm-hmm. You, you lose control of stuff, and you find yourself kind of being like, mm-hmm. oh, no, now I'm in this
1: oh, – Yeah. You know, I'm very – ki- I'm very capable of burning my own life down or or even if it's like not eating enough mm -hmm. meals or not showering or just like not doing the things I know I would benefit from doing, but I don't really want to do kids have that way more even. And so yeah,
2: um, yeah, I just, I, the cool thing about parenting and it's also the the thing that a lot of people I, I feel get lost with, uh, you're never going to know it all. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's so many parenting books out there. Okay. That parenting book <laughs> worked for that kid. Mm-hmm. Children are different. It's very weird. That's why trying to give advice as a dad is like odd. Cause like what worked for me, might yeah. not be the best for you i will say communication will work for everyone you just yeah. have to get over yourself and be prepped for some weird mm. conversations well
1: and i like your advice about being present i think if you're present and do you pay attention then you'll be able to pick up on where they're at what's working mm-hmm. for them what's not working for them and and that's really i think probably how you figure it out
2: i i will say uh one of the biggest life lessons I ever learned actually came from my daughter when she was like almost two years old. Uh, I I lost sight of this lesson and have recently started regaining kind of this principle. But um, I remember watching my kid like play, and she was almost two. It was like the summer before she turned two. Um. We were in the living room. She had her random crap everywhere. Because that's one thing kids (laughs) will have. Like, you'll have all these toys and random crap that they've also, like, (laughs) decided was theirs. They claimed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was this big old wooden spoon. And Monica was playing with it. And, like, dude, legit, she looked as content and happy as you could possibly be. (laughs) it was a freaking wooden spoon. And I remember Mm -hmm. looking at her. And just having this thought in my head of, like, if she can find this, like, so much peace in this one simple mundane thing and this one Mm -hmm. object, like, what the hell is wrong with me that I can't (laughs) find peace or bliss? And, like, thing and stuff that actually embraces it, right? Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Kids, it's like that scene in step in uh knocked up when they're on the bench and he's like, I wish I loved anything as much as these kids love bubbles. Seriously, they go Seriously, like, bubbles.
2: I didn't understand that line, yeah, until after I was a dad. And then it was like, <laughs> Oh my god, it's so true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just I man embrace it because mm-hmm. it is quick. You said we got 18 summers with our children, essentially. Mm -hmm. That is such a tiny, 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 tiny number Yeah, compared to the big scheme of things. Um, I mean, hell, summer feels like it just started and we're already towards the end. Right. I'm like, crap, what did we do this (laughs) summer? We didn't do half of the. We didn't do two thirds of the crap that I was like, we're doing this this summer. We didn't do any of it. Yeah. Um, And that kind of sucks. But luckily, we we made up with it with other fun stuff. But uh, it's. (laughs) there's so much that you could say. I don't Mm -hmm. want it to sound like a a bullet point list, but uh, I will say like in all honesty, if you ever for parents and Jake and you and Christy already know this a thousand percent, if you ever do feel like you just need someone to like vent or Mm -hmm. just to Get something out, you know, or or just ask about, hey, have you ever experienced this? Whatever. Feel free to, like, message us through, yeah. like, the show or whatever. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we have social media. We have email. It's on the website. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm a super open book. Mm-hmm. If you haven't guessed, for those that have been listening to the <laughs> show for a while, I'm pretty open about everything. I'm very honest about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I... As a dad, yeah, I want to be there as a support system for parents. So if you need anything, yeah, you can message us. Um, I also, like, I was kind of bummed, but circumstances got in the way. So I do want to give one guy a shout-out just because he, he meant to send us a list, but they had some stuff come up. Sure. Um, this will sound weird. Uh, but I want to give a shout-out to my daughter's stepdad. Because there are some awesome stepdads out there that don't get,
1: mm-hmm.
2: like, hardly any attention. Or they also have a big stigma against them. Right. And I, I, you know, the bad ones, fuck off. Right. But the good ones that are out there, the unconventional dads, if mm-hmm. you will. Like, you guys are making a difference. You guys kick ass. And my daughter is very blessed. And I feel very fortunate. That she's got a stepdad that like gives a shit.
1: Yeah. So, it's, I imagine well. I'm not a stepdad, but I imagine it's a very also a very hard job to figure out where you fit and how yeah. how you do it, and you're and, also parenting a kid. And, and he's genu- like
2: he's a good dude. I genuinely like all the respect for that guy. So, uh, I was a little bummed that he wasn't able to to hop on to, to send us a, a little list or whatever, but. Uh, Shout out to him. Shout out to all of the other step dads and unconventional foster dads and all that stuff. So keep it up, you guys. Uh, It's a tough job. It's a tough gig, Jake. (laughs) And you're you're just starting, sir. You're just starting. I am am just
1: starting. I think that the two things I've basically learned my dad advice uh, are one is for dads and parents specifically. Something that helped me adapt to this very new and very different uh, pretty like life very quickly. I think is don't forget to see your kids as people, even very early on. Is, I think it's I hear people talk about kids a lot as if they're like a difficult burden or a, mm-hmm. or or a a pet or like there's just like some attachment or resentment or something. And if you see them as a person. I think that helps a lot because you will think of that. You'll essentially put yourself in their shoes of they're a person experiencing the world for the very first time. They don't know what's happening when they get hungry. They don't know what how to go to sleep. They don't know anything and they're trying to figure it out. And so if you can see that and you can help them and you can care about that, then I found that it's it's less less abrasive to, to accept the fact Mm -hmm. that they're having a hard time and they're crying and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, no, they're a person. They don't learn very well when they're getting yelled at, like all of this stuff. I don't learn well when I'm getting yelled at. So why would they? So just see them as people is the first one. And I think that helps. Um, and the second is kind of for everyone. And it's the big thing that I've learned so far, which is don't shy away from responsibility. We kind of talked about it a lot in the episode, but, the meaning that you are longing for in life is in the hard stuff, and if you, I think society these days seeks to find comfort and 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 above all else, but it, it's it's no wonder that everybody feels lost and depressed and stuff because they've lost that meaning which is found in doing the hard stuff, doing taking responsibility for people and things and taking care of it, and I think that it's just. It's it's more fulfilling than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. Uh, just throwing yourself into it. So I encourage others to as well.
2: Uh you just remind me of one thing. Um accountability. Mm. Uh one thing that children will throw in your face, and they don't even mean <laughs> to half of the time, but it's a it's a big thing. Yeah. Um, but children are watching you constantly. <laughs> Um, So I know like with my daughter, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, we have a very like, Hey, any subject, like, I don't care what it is. If you Mm -hmm. need something, we can talk it through. And we've had folks, we've had some doozies, (laughs) uh, some very, very intense conversations, but they've been awesome. And, but one thing that I've kind of, not kind of, I do really hold true to myself and to, and for Monica is accountability. If I tell my kid, I'm going to do something. Mm -hmm. My child is expecting me to follow through with this. So I need to bust my ass Mm -hmm. to do like, do that. And if I'm not able to, I need to hold myself accountable because your kid will. Yeah. They'll do it a different way. Uh, (laughs) but you need to hold yourself accountable and, and just be honest. Like if I, if I drop the ball with, with uh, my daughter, you know, I have to, I have to have enough character to look her in the eye and tell her, Hey, I'm sorry. I like, I wasn't able to do this. Yeah. And let me tell you as a dad, (laughs) specifically as a dad, having to say, I was not able to do this. Mm -hmm. Fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, but in the long run, I mean, that's one of those traits that your kids are going to associate with you. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as your as our children grow and become adults and, you know, they meet people and whatever I would, my thought, my goal with that is that, you know, Monica will take that kind of trait and be like, I need a trait. I need that trait. And whoever I choose to spend, you know, my life with, yeah. they need to be able to have accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes hand in hand with your responsibility. They need to be able to do this, and if they're not able to, that it has an effect. Yeah, um, everything's got consequences, folks. There's always <laughs> a consequence. So, yeah,
1: to say that another way, something I feel like I just learned from hearing you say that is that kids are always learning. Even when you're not trying to teach them anything yeah, they're they're learning how you're acting, they're learning what you're doing or not doing at uh, what you said you would do or what you didn't say you would do. And you did, uh, they're picking all that up and learning. That's how, uh, that's how a father should be. That's how a man should be. That's how all of these things. And, uh, that will stick with them for a very it long sticks, time.
2: Man. It's crazy. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it's there's so much to constantly work on. Mm-hmm. And I it's one of those things where I think a lot of people approach it with, oh, I only have to really worry about it for like 18 years or I just have to. My <laughs> kid's going to be perfect at this. My child will never do this. And I'm going to be this parent. <laughs> Man, throw all that shit out <laughs> the fucking window. It doesn't yeah. exist. The moment your kid arrives in the world, everything you said is gone. Yeah. Like everything pre child that you were like, we're never doing this, gone. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, I remember telling people, my child's never gonna like curse, we're just not gonna allow it. Guess what? My child does, <laughs> and I'm like, or no, I it was vice versa. It was like, uh, we're never ever going to curse around our daughter, uh, or no, sorry, <laughs> we, we will curse around our daughter and we don't care. Um, we really tried not to, because mm-hmm. we kind of realized like it it doesn't something really switches. It's weird. Um These days, it's kind of like okay, yeah, but like <laughs> it's, it's changed like, some. It, it changes so much, and and we're not crazy. We we try to like rein it in a little bit with ourselves mm-hmm. and with with Monica, you know, our daughter, but. You pick your battles, man. Yeah. Your battles. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't,
1: I haven't formed that many like plans of like, I want to do this, I need to do that. Uh, I I didn't read like any parenting books because I'm like, I'll I'll figure it out. I'll figure out what they, what he needs, what we need. And I have like ideas and things Mm -hmm. of like, they would be nice, but I don't, it's going to be whatever it is, I think.
2: Yeah. I think that's a a very healthy way to approach it. I, I kind of wish I would have approached it that way at first because I did approach it with like, my child will do this. My child Mm -hmm. will be like this and I'm going to do this. And a lot of it came out of like a pointless rebellion to my own mom and dad. And the irony is my parenting style is very modeled after my mom, dad. And I've learned a ton from my brother who I have also watched, but, uh, I think there's a
1: lot of expectation of like oh it, you should do this or you should do that i tend to think about like why why should they not curse well cursing on its own doesn't really matter but it benefits them to know in what context or what situations yeah. she is acceptable it's just language you need to learn to communicate teach them to communicate and cursing they can do that if it adds effect to the conversation or whatever That's my little three-month-old baby mind once I have a toddler. No, dude, I, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'll say, okay, no
2: cursing. (laughs) There might be a day they do it. You're going to have a tangent one day where you just, like, you you go on a a giant F-bomb, like, just spree. Yeah. And your kid's going to laugh and be walking around (laughs) upstairs. Fuck, 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 fuck. And you're going to be like, oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah
1: it's going to be the one day that the queen is coming to visit and the, uh, right really right can't, right <laughs> now i can't just have that
2: fatherhood is i have never been more proud of anything in my life and jake you know this a thousand mm. percent you have you've seen me in some low moments and it all revolves around the kid um it's crazy how much pressure children put on you but it's not it's not a bad thing it's just it's like the most healthy uh, fear inducing thing i feel Mm -hmm. personally for me because it i i think it i think it it's the perfect drive to excel and hit your actual potential and i think it really i think it really shakes some people out there that they they have a hard time processing that or dealing with it. Um, Yeah. But you got got to work through it, man. Your kids are going to watch you when you don't think they're watching you. My daughter has told me like, oh, you always do this. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) when have you seen me do that? And she has literally, dude, she has like...
1: A notebook. She has told me specific
2: moments, specific (laughs) conversations. I'll I'll do something and I'm like, oh, dang. Let the record show. All right. She'll catch me like, you know, she'll say something that's, you know, I'm like, oh my God, really? And she'll catch me do that. I'll think it's all in my head, but she'll catch me do it. Mm -hmm. Vice versa, I'll catch her do the same thing, right? (laughs) Yeah. So we kind of have to laugh about that, but man embrace if you're if you're a new parent embrace mm-hmm. it if you're a parent like i am where mm-hmm. you know experienced but not completely embrace yeah. it if you're you know my mom and dad are still very involved they still want to be involved and i think that's awesome that's such a great trait and if there's one all-encompassing thing
1: fucking be involved yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's all you can do is be there for them and and <laughs> be involved. Yeah, yeah exactly.
2: Plus, it, it's fun to be involved. You get to see a lot of cool stuff. You get to be silly. And I think this world needs, we need to be silly. We we got to get. It's a very silly place. Yeah. And we need, we need some humbling things in our world these days. And I, yeah. I think we can learn a lot if we just let kids be kids.
1: Yeah. Don't um, take it so seriously.
2: Like, childhood should be full of knee scrapes, laughter, dirt, Mm -hmm. and just shenanigans. Like, let all that be. Yeah. I think we've gotten too uptight about a lot of stuff. Just let kids be. Because I can guarantee you one thing, Mm -hmm. your kids are acting way different when they're with their friends than they do with you. Yeah. guarantee it
1: <laughs> yeah and if you had to ask them they probably would rather be having fun with their friends because they are freer then i guess
2: yeah I, I think there is a freedom to it but man i love this episode i love prepping for this episode yeah i, I knew there was going to be a lot said
1: um, and a lot to catch up on being a lot right to along. catch up on it's good to be back
2: it's great to be back i'm so stoked to be back i'm so happy <laughs> um Having a creative outlet is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, I hope it wasn't too heavy of an episode for you guys. We're uh very passionate about this kind of stuff. So I know we've been gearing up for it.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, we appreciate you listening. And yeah. uh, we'll see you next time.
2: Hells yeah.
1: <laughs> see ya.
4: <laughs> see ya. <laughs>